Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome in. It is the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash here on 1410 ESPN Radio. First of all, let's start it off with an OHIO. There we go. We're going to get into plenty of college football coming up around the corner, I promise you. See, I dreaded today's show for a certain, for a small reason. Here's why. We're going to open up with some NFL talk, and then you're going to have a pocket of people that say, what the hell, the Buckeyes are in the national championship game, and you're talking NFL. And then if I opened up with national championship talk, Kev, it's going to be, what the hell, the Browns <laughs> and the Steelers, the biggest topic in sports today, and you're opening up with the I'm I'm going to disappoint people. I, I've been dis- I'm 31 years old. I've been disappointing people uh, for for 31. Actually, I was cute when I was little. So for 30 years, uh, I've been disappointing people. Let's just put it that way. But again, happy Monday, happy happy Championship Monday uh, to everyone out there. Here's the deal. Be patient, everybody. We got three long but fast fun hours coming up for you here. Of course, we're going to open up with a reaction to last night's uh, game between the Steelers and the Browns, NFL playoffs as a whole. But I promise you, we have plenty to get into with Ohio State and Alabama. I've been dying to find a stat that was going to make me comfortable about tonight's game between Ohio State and Alabama. I've been dying to find a stat that was going to allow me to separate Ohio State from Alabama, and I found one. And I finally found one, and I think that based on what we saw against Clemson, that this stat should make a lot of Buckeye fans feel comfortable about how Ohio State can attack Alabama tonight. I'll tell you that coming up here top of the hour. 4 o'clock, okay? I'm not trying to tell you to tune the channel away. I'm just telling you, 4 o'clock, we're going to get into Ohio State-Alabama coming up. I promise you, bear with me, but we're going to open up with the Cleveland Browns. And the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, last night, here's what happened last night. What last night happened, Baker Mayfield caught a huge break last night. Well, he caught a lot of breaks last night. Let's just be clear. He caught a break last night. He will never, of all the heat that he takes, of all the, all the hate that he gets, out of all the fingers that get pointed his way, of all the criticisms that face him, Kev, the one thing that he did last night, Kev, is he, he got to take one of the biggest narratives that always seem to debilitate quarterbacks in the NFL. He got to just rid the narrative of can't win in the playoffs. He got that one off his back right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It took Josh Allen a few years. It took Lamar Jackson a few years. Um, you know, we'll see how long it's going to take. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow not just getting, you know, not just winning in the playoffs, but getting there. That narrative always seems to really jump on quarterbacks early in their career, and sometimes that narrative can make or break you. Baker Mayfield doesn't have to worry about that now moving forward. Let's just open up with that. That Baker Mayfield doesn't have to worry about that moving forward. So I, I promise you that or, you know I promise. You, I mean I'm telling you that that was the one thing I felt mo- the best about last night, and there was a lot of reasons to feel good about that Browns win over the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, last night. But again, we are live on Facebook. Head to Facebook, search the Justin Kinner Show, jump in on the conversation, uh, and let's have some fun today. You can also watch live on Twitter. Search at fourteen ten Kinner K I N N E R or at one Kev Nash at e- ESPN Dayton. There's plenty of ways that you could take in the show, listen, stream, and now watch. But let's dive into this, Kev. Last night, okay, I'm not going to lie to you. I predicted the Browns to win. I felt confident that they could win. The Steelers, after even though they were 11 and 0, at no point did they look like a dominating team or a team that was, you know, for 11 and 0. When you think you're undefeated that late into the season, you think you have something special. And most teams do. And I think there was a there was enough of something special there for the Steelers to be at that point. You don't accidentally start the season 11 and 0, Kev. I mean, I know it's easy to bash the team that everyone hates. You know, you hate your rival. You're going to bash on them. But let me be clear: the Steelers, you're, you're, you don't 
accidentally end up 11 and 0. You have right. enough talent, you have enough something, you, there's enough of something working in your favor to get you to that point. Um, injuries caught up with the Steelers. I think age at some point caught up with the Steelers. Um, and I think that you had teams who just seemed to have wanted it more. I think that what actually hurt the Steelers this year, Kev, is that they started out 11 and 0. Um, they had the drive, I think, to start the season. I think when you have a team full of veterans, the one thing we don't think about enough is the fact that sometimes you could become complacent, especially when you think, oh man, we're good. We're the Steelers. All right. And we're 11 to 0. Uh, you know, we dominate this division every year. You know, I, I think maybe they mentally took a step back that I think physically didn't allow them to have that switch that they normally do. And I think it cost them down the stretch. Um, you know, I predicted about a month and a half, two months ago, I said, look, I, I look at Washington coming up around the corner. I saw the matchups with the Browns and the Bills around the corner. I was like, Cleveland's in, or Pittsburgh's in trouble. I don't think they're going to close the season out on this hot streak that everyone's going to be feeling great about Pittsburgh. I, I knew that Pittsburgh had vulnerabilities. I started looking at the team from a matchup standpoint for the Browns, and I said, this defense is good. It's not great. I've seen, I've seen this Cleveland Browns team pick apart better defenses throughout the regular season. This defense is good, but not great. The quarterback matchup, I gave the advantage to the Cleveland Browns. Wide receivers, advantage Cleveland Browns. Offensive line, Cleveland Browns. Running game, Cleveland Browns. Um, at a certain point, I started really looking at this matchup and saying, I, I don't see this as being an upset for the Cleveland Browns if they pull off this win. But then all the narratives started forming of no practices for the week leading into the matchup, Kev, you know, COVID, you no know, head coach, and everything along those lines. But Cleveland's been battling those types of narratives for over a month now. And it did stink that they didn't have their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, on the sideline. But what I did love seeing was that for most of the game, they had a healthy offensive line. They had their running game. They had their wide receivers. Baker was good to go. The defense, I hate our defense, but you know what? They're situationally good. They drive me nuts. Statistically, not a good defense. Situationally, at times... They made just enough stops, got just enough turnovers to be able to put themselves in position to let the offense win the game. There's a lot of takeaway about what's next for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I just want to you know, end it with this before I hand it off to you. Baker Mayfield last night proved he's a franchise quarterback. This offense proved that it's one of the best offenses in the league, and coincidentally enough, who they have coming up, the Kansas City Chiefs, I firmly believe, even as good as the Bills' offenses, the two best offenses in the, in the AFC are going head-to-head this coming up Sunday. Uh, we'll preview that matchup plenty throughout the week, but I do think that this sets up the two best offenses going head-to-head coming up this week, uh, and that's something to keep in mind as we head into that matchup. But uh, I was beyond impressed with Baker Mayfield last night, the run game, just a very well-balanced attack the Browns over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last takeaway here before I hand it off to Kev. The one thing, I know this sounds weird, but, you know, they jump out to that 28 nothing lead, Kev. You know, we talked about at what point is the lack of coaching experience going to catch up with this Browns team. Now, this team was super prepared. I think that they came in ready to go blow for blow with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And all of a sudden, they're up 28 nothing. And, Kev, you got three long quarters of play. And you got the history, the ghost of Cleveland's past kind of <laughs> flying around. You're at Pittsburgh. At the end of the day, old or not, it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers. There are demons that just seem to exercise themselves in this matchup for the Browns, for the Bengals. These two teams are just haunted by the demons of their past matchups with these teams, right? And I just thought, oh, man, this ain't good. This ain't good. I started to get nervous throughout because I'm like, you know, the worst that could have happened for a coaching staff with no experience, Kev, was actually jumping out to a 28 nothing lead. I know that sounds crazy, and no one feels sorry for a team that jumps out to a 28 nothing lead so early, but I felt that, oh man, an inexperienced coaching staff who I think was mentally prepared of how to go counter for counter, blow for blow with the Steelers, I think it became less about 
coaching the Browns against the Steelers and coaching the Browns against the clock, Kev. And that's where I saw the vulnerability in the coaching staff for the Browns last night. That did worry me. But, man, what a game. They handled the Steelers' comeback attempt. They were able to hold them off there towards the end. Baker finally stepped up, made big, made big plays. He didn't shrink when the lights got brighter. The running game stepped up. I, I just, I, I'm not, I shouldn't be surprised that they won. But, man, after the game ended, I'm like, holy crap. I know I was cocky and confident that they would beat the Steelers, but they just beat the Steelers. I don't care if it's a depleted Steelers team. I don't care about it. that. That Steelers team had enough experience. You know, it's not the Browns' fault they didn't come ready to play. The Browns did. The Browns had every excuse to go and get beat. The Browns had every excuse to be the ones on the opposite end of a twenty-eight nothing lead in the first quarter. The Browns had no head coach. The Browns have been decimated by guys being out due to COVID and other injuries. They had every excuse in the world to get blown out on primetime television last night in their first playoff game in eighteen years, and they look like the team that practiced all week. And the Steelers look like they didn't know what's up. It was rough. You know, I'll get this out the way early uh, as a Steelers fan. It was rough to watch. Um, So I turn on the game after watching a little clip on 60 Minutes. And the very first play I see is the ball go over Ben's head. Horrible snap by your veteran center. Touchdown Browns. (laughs) And then I'll say that the Browns were, quote unquote, gifted seven points. After that, the Browns completely dominated the Pittsburgh Steelers. People are going to say Ben put right to the linebackers, right to the DBs, tip passes. That guy intercepted. Look, man, this is football. That's what happens. The Browns caused four turnovers. They got gifted one, caused four others. If you turn the ball over five times, you will lose. Period. Point blank. No questions about it. It was 28 nothing. 28 nothing after the first quarter. Now, watching the game, I saw the Pittsburgh Steelers trying to run the ball. And, and to be honest, they weren't half bad at it. I like really liked the formations they were setting up, putting very uh, spread in the field, leaving one uh, linebacker in the box. If it's one linebacker in the box, we run it. If it's two, we throw the bubble screen, a la college style. So I liked those aspects that they were doing. It was simply that the Browns, were catching everything. They had better hands than our wide receivers early on. So as the game continues to go on and the lead mounts, and then Pittsburgh starts their comeback attempt, when it gets down to 13 and that fourth and one, they try to, you know, draw the Browns off sides um, with a fake uh, sugar hello and everything like that with the punt. They decide to punt. Now, I was saying that's a good move punt the ball defense has been playing good ball you're in the game it's the start of the fourth quarter you can get a quick stop a la how they did versus the Colts. you get a quick stop momentum was in their favor yeah momentum was in their favor so people are like well like like you know you listen to collins words like oh man i would have went for it well i was like well the defense has been balling the second half you punt it Hopefully you get a better punt than that. Then they're going inside the end zone. But your point is you kick it down there. You get another three and out because that's what's been happening in the second half. And you get the ball right back to your offense. And then you score. And then it's it's on. You know, game on, right? The Browns get the ball back. And they march it down the field and pop it with a perfect screen call at the perfect time where they dialed. Pittsburgh Steelers dial of the blitz. It was a perfect call at the absolute right time when the Browns really needed it to say, like, we're not going anywhere. We're here to win the game. And they went out and won the game. 
And just watching it as a Steelers fan is frustrating because, you know, everybody that I am related to outside of my mom and my brother are Browns fans, my in-laws, my dad, my stepmom, like uncles, everybody. And then comes the Bengals fans. I was feeling like Kenner last night. The Bengals fans are hitting me up. The Cowboy fans are hitting me up. And I'm thinking and to you're myself, the nice guy too. I was amazed. And I'm thinking I to myself, it. like, wait, what did I do? What did I do to y'all? But I took it like you're a guilty chance. by association. I That's took I took it like no, this isn't on this isn't on social media. This is on my personal phone. Oh, just people you know. Yeah, this is sir. on my personal horn. So for me, I just, you know, like, all right, well, you know what? I'm gonna take it. We lost. That's what happens. You lose a game, you got to take the jokes, ha, 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 ha. But then, you know, I woke up this morning to 87, 87 text messages. Now, mind you, the game was over at, like, what, 11.45-ish? Yep. So, like, as soon as the game is over, not even when the game was over, like, uh, after the Browns kicked a field goal, even Parky was making his field goals. That's how you know it was there. Everything night. was on and clicking. <laughs> so, after Parky made his uh, field goal whatever, Wife is clapping, going crazy and everything like that. I shake her hand. Good game. I go, brush my teeth, getting ready for bed, yada, yada, yada. I put my phone on the charger, and I text all, like, family members, good game, congratulations, good luck the rest of the way. I, I shut it down. I wake up to 80-plus text messages from all from numbers that I don't even have in my phone anymore. That's what you get. Yeah. Blink the Steelers. Go Browns. And I'm thinking to myself. Over the last 25 years, the last 25 years, where the bleep have you been? Now, I will say my uncle is always there for the smoke. My father-in-law is always there for the smoke. My old man is always there for the smoke. One of my best friends is always there for the smoke of jokes and da-da-da-da. They can do that. These randos cannot do that. Like, the true American, he reps the Browns when they're down, right? So you give him a lot of credit for that. He can do that. These randos that became Browns fans overnight, the Bengals fans happy that we lost to another team. Look, man, I don't get into the whole back and forth like, oh, well, we got six Super Bowls. You guys don't. When did that time you been to? Hey, look, man, the evidence speaks for itself. The block button is here. <laughs> I've blocked 10 people. Oh, why you block yeah. him? See, I oh, don't yeah. block anybody. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, look, man. I block one you, person who made it personal. You can say whatever you want about me. You don't bring my family into it. Someone brought my family into it, and then we were done. But I don't block anybody. You you get your you get your ha, ha, ha. You get your one ha, ha, ha off. After, and I say congratulations. Good, good luck the rest of the way. If you continue with the ha, ha, ha's and the memes and the jokes, you get the block button. I don't play that. I'm a humble person. I don't play that. Well, you're guilty by association because most Steelers fans are horrible. So, as, and, as and, every fan base and, is, let's just be clear. But uh, you know, and let me say this on the air: congratulations to all the Browns fans and the Browns organization. Great game, y'all won fair and square. No, I don't want to hear about the Pittsburgh Steelers injuries. Look, man, injuries are a part of the game. I don't want to hear about all being through the to them. They caught it. That's how it goes. Because if the shoe was on the other foot. I will be saying the exact same thing. I will say this. I thought we were going to win that game when it was the fourth quarter. 
And when it got cut to 13, I was like, this is it. We're going to win this bleeping game. And when the Browns marched down the field and scored on that screen pass, I said, man, they got us. So congratulations to the Browns, man. All right, it was a fun game last night. Again, the Cleveland Browns 48, the Pittsburgh Steelers 37. And uh, that score does make it sound tighter than what it was, but it did get pretty tight. And I got anxious. I was real anxious. I was getting annoyed. I, I finally, I, you know, found a little, you know, one of those memes on Facebook or on Twitter, just a guy throwing his phone against the wall. I figured that's better <laughs> than me actually throwing my phone against the wall. But that, that's what was impressive, though. You knew that the Steelers had a, a punch left in them. And, Cleveland, this is why, for everyone out there, you know, Schlemmer and I used to go back and forth on this all the time. Schlemmer always used to say, until further notice, they're still the Cleveland Browns. Juju style. He can now put that to rest because the old Browns would have lost that game. The old Browns wouldn't even be in the... For one, there's so many things the Browns have done this year to totally just put that theory to rest. And it's not just about being Schlemmer going back and forth with that. There's a lot of people out there. The Juju Smith-Schuster, they're still the same old Browns. Every time the Browns would do something this year that they, you know, that they... Every time they'd win a big game or they'd have a win streak or Baker would have a big game. Doesn't matter. Baker still sucks. Doesn't matter. Browns are still the Browns. Doesn't matter. Not going to make the playoffs. They make the playoffs. Doesn't matter. It's going to be one and done. They win in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. You're going to get your crappers beat in by Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It, 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 we're always moving the goalposts because people just can't stand the Cleveland Browns. And, I, you know, the Bengals fans are interesting. I don't think it's just the Browns. I don't think, like, people like other teams, period. They only no, like there's something team. about the Browns, though. There's something <laughs> about the Browns. There's something about the Cleveland Browns that just drive people nuts. And I know what it is. The fans are unsufferable. I get it. I get it. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, man, I got my uh, fair share last I, night. I, I completely get it, and it is what it is. I like to call it passion. Other people like to call it annoying. But it is <laughs> what it is at this, at, at this point. But, no, the Cleveland Browns, man. That was what was up last night. You know, everyone that said that until further notice, they're still the Cleveland Browns. Last night, the Cleveland Browns, they did what they weren't supposed to do. It's tough to, it's tough to make the playoffs. It's tough to win in the playoffs. And the Browns won 11 games in the regular season. They won their first play, or Baker went, won a playoff game in his debut last night. The first playoff appearance in 18 years, and they get a W on the road at Pittsburgh. Man, I tell you. And it sets up an interesting showdown with Kansas City that two weeks ago I would have been dreading that now I'm looking at and saying, look, the Cleveland should not be favored to win this matchup, but I do think they have a puncher shot. That's all that matters at the end of the day. All right, we're going to get to your phone calls at 457-946 for a couple Facebook posts I want to get to real quick. Uh, Eric Pugh on Facebook says the playoff win stops all of that. They answered the call and did the damn thing. You know what, Bengals fans? You're, start, you're starting to grow on me a bit. <laughs> like, Eric has been just letting me have it about the Browns for weeks now, man. Like he's been relentless. Uh, Dalton Cooper says these Cleveland Browns can win a Super Bowl. Oh, Dalton, come on. I don't know about that. Dalton, ah. These Cleveland Browns can win a Super Bowl, but sometimes they turn into those Browns. No, Dalton, they don't turn into those Browns. The issues you see with this team come on the defensive end. Uh, with all due respect, Dalton, when you say they turn into those Browns, if they turn into those Browns, they lose last night's playoff game. If they turned into those Browns, I know they had to fight for, for dear life against the Steelers in Week 17 of the regular season against their backups, but they found a way to win. All right, the, You remember the Titans game where they had that huge lead? Which, by the way, shout out to Schrody. How did Ryan Tannehill do yesterday, by the way? Uh, but, you know, think back to that Titans game. Remember when they had that huge lead and they started to give it up? It reminded me of that last night. Browns held on for the win. Bad teams find ways to lose. Good teams find ways to win, and that's what the Cleveland Browns did yesterday. David Shaw says, it's Ohio fans. Those those same fans will be annoying again if the Buckeyes shock the world again. First of all, I agree with part of that, and 
Ohio State beating Alabama tonight, with all due respect, Shaw, that's not shocking the world. Like I, 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 It's been interesting hearing the promos on ESPN. Can the Buckeyes do the unthinkable and beat Alabama? We're going to get into that coming up in an hour two. How about another Bengals fan? Jake says, congrats, Justin. You know, he, he's one of my, my, my biggest enemies on social media. Bengals fan Jake. I almost feel bad for almost making fun of the video that was shared earlier today with the Bengals Twitter account, but I'll save that for another day. You know, everyone's playing nice today. Kinder will play nice as well. All right. Eric says he's not a Bengals fan, by the way. He goes, I'm a Packer fan, but I'm not a fool. You guys have a lot to be happy about. I was getting all mushy and stuff. I like this. Steve says if they bulk up on the D, they will be a favorite for the Super Bowl. That I agree with. But the Super Bowl, that, I mean, that, that defense is why they won't win one. And the defense for Pittsburgh last night, that's why I was nervous about that matchup. Man, Pittsburgh just looked a step slow on all sides of the ball. Special teams, offense, defense. That, that's, that was crazy last night. I mean, they got out coached. They got out played on all three levels of the game. That's not something you expect to see from Pittsburgh, I tell you that much. All right, folks, we'll step away for a few moments. 457-9464. That's the number to call in. Reaction, Browns fans, to last night's playoff. Not just appearance, because I thought today was going to be about, oh, the Browns made the playoffs. They won 11 games in the regular season. They fought hard. They got to the playoffs, and it's a building block. Those mofos went out and won. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got the Kansas City Chiefs coming up, and I tell you what. The 12-win Browns, which, by the way, Kev, I did predict 12 wins, and they got to 12 <laughs> wins last night. See, Kenner knows what he's talking about. We'll be back in a moment, folks. 457-9464. Don't go anywhere. Gosh. All right, Bengals fans, you frustrated me. Like, I was ready to come in today and throw lasers. I was ready to throw down. But I, I think that... It's interesting. All year I thought that the Bengals fans hated the Browns more than anything in the world, but I think that the one thing that has unified the Browns and the Bengals was that at the end of the day, we are a sad bunch of fans. Like the Browns fans and Bengals fans, we are a pathetic group of people. We literally argue, think about this, Kev, like, you know, the Browns, this is one hell of a year, right? But on any other given year, Browns fans and Bengals fans, we try to argue over... No, we're the third best team in the division. No, we're the third base. It's embarrassing. It really is. But for whatever reason, I want to thank you, Kev, and your team for unifying us to where we can all come together as a happy family, maybe just for a week, maybe just for a few more days, maybe just until Sunday around 6 o'clock when the Chiefs and Browns game ends. I mean, who knows what's going to you know come out of that game. I don't know what it is, but I feel at one with these Bengals fans today. I feel I might give them a who day at the end of the show. I might. I might. But I really did think that today I was going to have to come in here. I had a bunch of I told you so's lined up. I had them in my notes. I, I, I kept receipts from a lot of these Bengals fans. I kept them, and I still have them. But they've been nice today. They've been nice on Twitter. I mean, Billy, Billy a little bit ago said, congrats, you know, congrats, Browns fans. Where'd it go? There you go. Billy Wright. I love Billy. Congrats, Browns fans. Billy, how dare you? Why would you say that? <laughs> Why would you say that? Like I, I had to like scratch off a whole bunch of stuff from my. I'm like, well, I can't use any of that now. They're being nice. Uh, they're, they're being nice. Uh, Chris uh, up on Facebook says Kev needs to come back home and root for the Bengals or the Browns. See, Chris hates the Browns, but he just said he would rather you <laughs> root for the Browns than the Steelers. So I think what this comes down to is I thought that the Browns and Bengals were, in a, were two embarrassing fan bases who always argues every year about, well, are we going to finish? Who's the better third-place team in the division? That's really what it comes down to, right? And now all of a sudden we've come together because we've all agreed 
that we hate the Steelers more than we hate each other. And I think that's a common enemy. A common enemy. Uh, And and I I can appreciate that. I really can. But 457-9464, reaction to last night's uh, playoff win. Baker Mayfield, his very first playoff appearance, he wins in his debut in the Cleveland Browns after 18 years of missing the playoffs. Finally make it back. They have everything going against them due to COVID and not being able to practice all week. Not don't have their head coach. Uh, Baker Mayfield talked about their, you know, he met the couple of the offensive linemen that were on the line to close out the game against the Steelers due to injuries. He just met some of his offensive linemen that day, Kev. He literally, he said he shook hands with his offensive linemen in the locker room before the game. Yeah, and th- there you go. And you wonder why they have COVID games, right? No. So th- the bottom, you know, it- it's interesting how all of that ended up panning out. But what a game last night, and what a start. I mean, literally, I was like, I want to be, when, they, when, he, when Pouncey hit that to the end zone, I was like, oh, man, they're up 7 nothing. I was like, are they toying with us? Did they just spot us seven points? Are they really just toying with us now? And then Big Ben threw the interception. And then the Browns marched on the field and scored. I'm like, it's 14 nothing. Damn. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Not going to get cocky. 28 nothing. I'm like, Damn, here we go. They got me hooked. I was I had convinced myself, I was telling buyers earlier, I had I had convinced myself that I was going to just mentally prepare for the Steelers beating up on the Browns so that I could just say, you know what? They won eleven games, they put an end to the playoff drought. It was a hell of a year. I'm like I mentally put that to the side. I'm like, man, these guys might win. And no matter what, I was trying to not let myself convince myself that they could. And then by the time I had convinced myself that they were going to win, that's when the Steelers started marching back. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is horrible. This is like the worst thing ever. And I started literally, I had my uh, notepad out, Kev. I was already like planning the show today. I was like, okay, in case they lose, I need to know what would have been worse. Would the, if the Browns would have lost last night, would that loss have been worse than the epic meltdown from the Bengals years ago, their last appearance in the playoffs? It would have rivaled that. It really would have. Because you know what happened? When they went up 28-0, Kev, remember I told you that they had no pressure because they had every reason in the book to lose. Had they lost, it was, well, they're supposed to lose. You didn't practice all week. You don't have your head coach. You couldn't you know, prepare properly out on the field, yada, yada, yada. But when you go up 28-0, that immediately, all those excuses got thrown, on, got thrown in the trash. Mm-hmm. Because if you're good enough to be up 28-0 with no practice all week, I'm sorry, then you had no excuse to lose that game last night because I would not have allowed anyone, no Browns fan, to use the excuse of no practice, no head coach all week. I would have put that to sleep right away. So I'm glad that they were able to close it out because I felt that they had played their way out of the excuse of using no practice all week. Yeah, <laughs> that was my concern. When you go up 28 to nothing, like you talked about no pressure being on them. I mean, they're playing free because you're up four touchdowns in the first quarter. And... You know, something we talked about on Friday is, you know, I was of the belief that they will be fine early on because they'll be running scripted plays. I don't think they got out of their scripted plays until the third quarter because they played at the 40-yard line the entire first half because they intercepted the ball so many times. So, like, they never had to get past 20 plays. And then when they finally had to, like, all right, man, we got to do something. We got to dial up something. They dialed up the best drive of the season and scored a touchdown to push the lead from what was it 13 right back up to 20 like so i mean you got to give the browns all the credit in the world man like i'm not a person that says oh this happened because i'm in the credit giving business i'm giving the browns credit and respect that they deserve for winning that game yesterday yeah well this show is not built on that so you just need to knock it off I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're talking smack to you. Talk smack back. Nah, I thought man. I taught you better than that. <laughs> no, nah, man. That's not me, man. That's not me. And that's why when people attack me, attack me on my cell phone, 
Damn right. I gave your cell phone out. <laughs> That's probably what it was. 85-plus text messages this I morning. i got to find these tweets real quick because people were tweeting at me about you. And I'm like, oh, poor Kev. Like, uh, did you just, I'm glad about, I'll get into the comments. Oh, yeah. So it was about how you better show up to work today. Yeah, here it is. Kev better not be on vacation. He has to hear it today. Kev is nice. He's one of the most down-to-earth Steelers fans. And, oh, here we got the Bengals fans. They make me sick. <laughs> Absolutely. But he's a Steelers fan, so he has to hear it. I agree. This guy's smart. I mean, like, oh, it was unbelievable. All right, 457-9464. Let's go to Jack. Jack, thanks for holding, sir. Welcome. What do you think was the most important play of the game? Right off the bat? Uh, no, I would have no. said that. No, what? Go ahead. Uh, for me, I'm the most. about the whole game. The most important play of the game to me, honestly, was Baker Mayfield's first touchdown pass because he was the make or break. You knew that the run game was going to be there. Uh, even if the Steelers weren't playing well offensively, it was really going to come down to Baker's presence against that defense. So to me, and it sounds like you're going to have a different answer, and I'm curious what it is. For me, it was Baker having confidence against that defense and throwing a touchdown. To me, I'd have to go with Baker's first touchdown pass to Hooper. Now, as the Steelers not going for on four from one, and they're down 13 points. And at that point, uh, do you think that Ben looked old last night? He didn't try any uh, quarterback sneaks. I mean, he didn't move as well as he normally does. I, I think he was an old Ben last night. Yeah, it, it's interesting about Big Ben. And, here, and I told Kev earlier, I actually, and we'll get into this coming up here in a moment. I am not. I was, I didn't, I felt bad for Big Ben last night. I truly did. I'm not here to talk smack about Big Ben. I truly felt bad. <laughs> he threw, he is 38 years old. He's not in good shape. And they had him throw the ball 68 times last night because well, they refused to address the run points. game. They refused, they're down 28 points because they have no offense, because they have no run game. They haven't had a run game for three years. And I know, but that, that's a conversation for later. The point is, is yes, he looked old last night, but I think that there, Mike Tomlin's to blame. The front office is to blame. They, they lost that game last night before the season even started because they were Refuse to address. They want to do it the Steeler way and develop people. Well, my ass. They lost last night because they're stubborn. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And another thing, have you noticed how much better we're not jumping off sides? We're not getting that many uh, penalties. You know, we don't hardly have any penalties on the kickoffs or the punts. I mean, uh, that coach developed or brought in some coaches. Look at Bill Callahan. Uh, you, you get two guys that come off the street and and they're doing what they're supposed to do, you know. Oh, I mean the discipline. I mean they didn't look. I mean last night I was expecting a sloppy game from Cleveland. Um, the the game that Big Ben had was the game I was dreading, hoping that that Baker wasn't going to have just with not practicing all week and not being able to prepare and practice for Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah, the the game the way Cle- Pittsburgh played is the way I expected Cleveland to play, and I just was in shock. And that speaks volumes about the coaching, which is why I said yes, it's going to hurt not having their head coach there on game day. But overall, big picture, it wouldn't hurt as much because the thumbprint of Kevin Stefanski was going to be on that game plan and preparation. And this is bigger than just one week. Kevin Stefanski's changed the culture of this franchise, uh, and you saw that last night. They were disciplined. They were confident. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And I'll end with this. Okay. Do you remember who Dwayne Rudd was? Dwayne Rudd. Do you, Kev? No, I do not. I don't. Okay, well, he played for Kansas City. The Browns were up two points. We hold them, and Dwayne Rudd was so excited, he pulled his helmet off while he was still on the field. 
There's zero, 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 zero on the clock. The guy misses the field goal, okay? <laughs> Guess what? 15-yard penalty. They bring the Kansas City back on the field because they already thought they lost. 15 yards, the guy hits a field goal, and we lose the game with zero, 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 zero. I mean... Ouch. But that goes back to the the Browns are going to be the Browns, and the Browns have proven they're not those same Browns. But hey, Jack, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. And you know, it's funny. I think he went to to Alabama. I think he went to Alabama too. For Dwayne Rudd, I think went to Alabama. Yeah, I think so. So that's kind of ironic enough. Well, you hit the music, so that means we have to bring him on. The true American. Everyone said he wasn't going to call today. Now he's calling today because the Browns are winners, dude. Welcome in, Steve from Springboro, the true American. How are you? Hold on a minute, fellas. This is for all the uh, Steeler fans, the organization, the Rooney's, uh, their fans, everything. Okay, now <laughs> your, 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 your toilet flushing volume is, is it could be louder, but we get the point. We get the yeah. point absolutely. Well, first off, to all the brave bunghole fans out there that threatened that wanted me to call in whether we won or lose, Justin, you know it. Kevin, you know it. Slimmer knows it. They hadn't won. I would still have been calling in. So all you brave uh, texting Bengal fans, call in, and uh, of course, you know you're like all the rest of them. When they're winning, they're who dan everywhere. When they're losing, you can't find them. And this stuff about being friendly with Bengals fans, uh, uh-uh, uh, or Justin, we don't do that, dude. True Browns fans do not do that. You hate the Steelers, you hate the Ravens, and you hate the Bengals. Another thing I didn't like last night. I don't know if you guys caught on it or not. Uh, Michaels and Collinsworth were commentating. I don't know whether it was happening or was uh, during a timeout or whatever. But uh, Coward, the traitor Coward, uh, I have to call him just like Ozzie Newsom was a traitor, calls in, texts them, and said, Yeah, well, they were up 17 nothing in 02, and we come back and beat them 36 to 33. That shows me what kind of colors he is. When he got his start with the Cleveland Browns, played for the Cleveland Browns, coached for the Browns, and like Ozzie was a traitor and went off to Pittsburgh, like Ozzie went to Baltimore. But here, Steve, real quick, I gotta interrupt you on that. You know why I don't mind when guys do that? Because that shows the jealousy right there of, like, every coach that's ever taken the Browns job, every coach that ever's taken that job has believed that I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the guy that puts this franchise back on the map, and every one of them couldn't do it. And so right now, now, so now that you see Kevin Stefanski doing it, you're getting a lot of people that say, yeah, well, we've seen the Browns do this before. We've seen them fumble these situations before. I was seeing social media, you know, the the fumble, or the drive, the fumble, and what's tonight going to be, the comeback. This is a different Browns team. Te- well, this team used to find fan, ways to lose. Now they're finding ways to win. When you're a desperate fan from a, a sucky organization like the Pop Warner team down on the river, that's, you know, you're grasping straws. You're doing anything you can to try and, you know, justify whatever you want to, you know, try and back up. Or, you know, like I told you back in the day when the guys used to call in and I called them phone brave. That's why I'm calling your texting bingo fans when they said Friday. Well, they wanted to know if I was going to call in. Well, yeah, see, Chris Schulp right here, he says BS that you never would have called in if they would have lost. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd like to meet him somewhere, and if he wants to get it on in the parking lot, we can do that. <laughs> I got no problem with that. Always, always these punk-ass bingo fans, it's real brave. It, it amazes me, and even Steelers fans at some point, you know. I can't believe the amount of Steelers fans. Now, older guys I might get, but these younger guys... And like I've told you guys before, if you're a true fan, you're going to know the history of your team. I don't care what anybody says. And half of them don't even know that Chuck Noll played for the Browns, played at UD, and took the, uh, the 
Wheeler to their first Super Bowl. Coward, coach and played in Cleveland. Took him to another one. So, you're welcome, Pittsburgh fan. Yeah, I know you got six rings, but your little dynasty's starting to crumble, just like the Patriots' uh, little dynasty's crumbling going away now. Oh, I'm not that cold-hearted. I did send some Kleenexes to the punk-ass number seven because I hated to see a grown man cry on the sideline. That just... Really broke my heart. You know, and I saw the cameras pan over to that. I'm like, oh, what people are going to. What a punk ass. Take your loss and go home, boy. You know, you got, <laughs> you, you got it handed to you. Yeah, you threw for 500 yards. Stats are for losers, gentlemen. And I'm going to tell you right now, we can run the ball. We can play some defense. The backside of our defense is weak. I get that. But I'm telling you right now, you keep some homes on the sideline. Anybody's beatable, boys, in the playoffs. You're one and done. So, with that, I'll let the callers get on. Go Browns. There he is. And, you know, he he sounded weak and tired a few weeks ago because he was battling the COVID. And I'm very happy that he, he, he won the battle with COVID, but he's back. And, and, and the energy was back. And he, he's, yeah, you, you could feel the energy. Steve from Springboro's back. And Steve from Springboro has always had the energy with the bad Browns team. We're about to experience Steve from Springboro <laughs> with the good Browns team. And you could tell he's a little, little fired up. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris says that Steve is the reason that people hate the Browns. Um, and see, I'm just the middleman here, folks. I he he has his response to Chris. Chris sends him in. I send him back. <laughs> you know, I I just I stir the pot. I guess if that's what you want to call You're the it. Don but, King of this. But they they provide <laughs> they provide the you know the ingredients. I just you know. I take care of uh, how it's all put together. Uh, back to Facebook real quick. Vincent Waller says, Bill Cower is, is jealous of Kevin Stefanski. Really, Justin, pump your brakes on that. I know that sounds a little crazy. Uh, Vincent, I'll give you that. I guess I didn't necessarily mean that he's jealous, but I do think that there is a, that there's a little bit of an ego. Vincent, I think you can give me this. I think there's an ego in every uh, – Kev, you could even give me this. Every coach that takes over a bad franchise, they view themselves as the savior. They view themselves as – I'm going to come in and change the culture. Look at Zach Taylor. He keeps he he just he knows nothing about football. He just uses buzzwords like culture. Oh, here to change the culture. Here to change the culture. Yeah, well, if culture's not leading to to wins in the win column, then who cares? But I do think every coach that takes over a franchise believes they're going to be the one that takes it to that next level. Um, and I do think that maybe I don't know if it's resentment or what, but it is strange. A lot of former coaches I watch on Cowherd show. Who does he always have? Mangini. Mm-hmm. Mangini always he he. It's backhanded compliments. He'll compliment the Browns, but he'll always have a reason at the end as to why the coaching staff isn't going to have this team prepared. It drives me nuts. I believe every former coach believed that they had an opportunity to turn this team around, and they never were able to do it. Stefanski's doing it, and I think that there's a little resentment there. I think the resentment comes from the organization, from the coaches towards the organization. They're getting what they didn't. Yeah, like, yo, hey, man, y'all never put me in these positions. Why are you giving him all these toys how come you're letting him run it his way why did you meddle in the way i wanted to run the team why are you finally taking a back seat why are you letting the coaches coaches and the gms gm and the scout scout why why are you now just simply being an owner i wanted you to do that but before you were meddling it telling us what guys to draft and things of that nature a la uh manzel you know what i'm saying so i think that's where it comes from with the coaches like look man he's getting things that i didn't get and i don't like it and I, I got basically, for lack of a better word, blackballed because my coaching record is in the trash because y'all wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do. If that would have worked one way or another, we'll never know. But I think that's where it stems from. Yeah, like, uh, you know, think about Hugh Jackson. That's why I always say coaches need to be careful with what job they take. Like Eric Bieniemy, Everyone's like, hey, he can have any job he wants. 
You're right, he can. He needs to know, though, that he's in control, that the teams aren't in control, that he's in control. If Eric Bieniemy, and, and I've already seen it, uh-oh, it's not looking good. Eric Bieniemy, he's going to end up a, a coordinator again next year. You know what? If he looks at the landscape and says that there's not a position that he's comfortable taking, I'm fine with him being a right. coordinator again because you can kill your career. Zach Taylor, if he doesn't turn it around in Cincinnati next year, Kev, I doubt he'll ever be a head coach in the NFL again. Um, Hugh Jackson will never be a head coach in the NFL, and I don't think it's because he's not a good coach, Kev. Look at the rosters he had in, in, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Every team and their mother wanted Hugh Jackson when he was the offensive coordinator at Cincinnati. Every team wanted him. He was the Hugh Jackson, Eric Bieniemy. right now, the talk and buzz about him was the same talk and buzz about Hugh Jackson when he was the offensive coordinator for the Bengals, okay? And he goes and he takes over a Cleveland organization that literally gave him Deshaun Kaiser taken in the second or third round to be the starting quarterback, and you mean to tell me that Hugh Jackson was supposed to work miracles with that? He was th- that roster was built to go 0 and 16. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful with the j- first job you take because that can really ruin your career. But to go back to Vincent real quick, Vincent, no, I, I agree with you 100. I should I, I when I brush over it quickly, it sounded like I meant it like, oh, he's just jealous. But I do think there is resentment, and maybe not so much to Stefanski. Kev, I liked how you worded it better. It's the resentment towards the organization, saying, oh, it's amazing how when you give a coach a little bit of control, when you give the coach uh, control the offense and control the players, and you give him. Some talent it's amazing how someone can have success there mm-hmm. so that's mainly how i should have positioned that more so and let's be that. clear man all these coaches got egos like yeah people like that it's only 32 jobs in the nfl you don't get a job in the nfl without having an ego and knowing football you know it's about handling your business with the players and the players respecting you and all that type of stuff so the guys all these coaches know their x's and those but it's about getting that power and being responsible enough to handle it. You know, it's obviously Freddie Kitchens was good with X's and O's. He knew his X's and O's, but then when he got that head seat, that's a different ball game. It's a totally different situation when you get that lead seat. So these coaches, they got big egos, man. Just like the players, man. The whole league is full of egos. I mean, look, Jerry Jones, he got an ego. He's an owner. Like all these people got egos, man. Absolutely. All right, folks, Four five seven nine four six. I see that Jerry and Charlie and a few others are on hold. We're going to hear from Charlie and Jerry on the other side of the break. We'll continue to take your calls. We'll switch gears to previewing tonight's national championship game coming Thank up goodness. around the corner. <laughs> uh, you know, Dylan Corral on Facebook says, can we facilitate these parking lot fights, barstool sports style? Uh, and then, you know, Andrew, he jumps in. He says, the date in history, fight night 2022. How about Chris Schulp against Steve from Springboro? I'll just be a manager. All right. I'll be the Paul Heyman. I'll be the you know I'll be the mouthpiece of it all. Bobby I'll the stir, I'll stir the pot. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. That's for sure. Uh, Vincent Waller says I agree that most coaches have an ego and they have to at least a little bit to be successful. I'm sure Cowher still hates the Browns after coaching against them for a long time. Absolutely. And Vincent, I'll give you this. There's not one part of me that believes that of all people, Bill Cowher is jealous of Stefanski. Bill Cowher's won a Super Bowl, uh, you know. So I think Bill Cowher's I, I he, he ain't jealous of Stefanski, but I do. Th- you know, it is what it is. We'll move on from that. Um, but how about Stefanski last night? The, I mean, he's co- not even coaching from the, but he's in his basement. I mean, last night. That, I mean, the Browns, that was the biggest win for someone from their basement since the race of... Oh, wait, no, I'll stick to sports. Sorry. All right, we'll be back. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash next. Don't go anywhere. What? Sometimes the best time to prune trees is when they're dormant or with no leaves on them. For ISA certified arborists, it helps them see what branches may need to be pruned or removed. Dormant season pruning can also help lessen problems associated with insects and diseases and help create... 
right, everybody, we welcome you back. Ohio State-Alabama National Championship game tonight right here on Dayton's home of the Ohio State Buckeyes, 1410 Wing AM. And, of course, it'll be simulcasted and carried on our sister station on 92.9 Jack FM, so keep that in mind as well. There's plenty of ways for you to take in tonight's Ohio State-Alabama National Championship game. For those of you uh, who cannot catch it on TV, if you're at work, uh, there's plenty of uh, stations that you can pick up the game from tonight. So keep that in mind. We are Dayton's home of the Buckeyes, 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, a nine-point line in favor of Alabama shifted by a few points today. Uh, I found that interesting, Kev. Like, we're not talking about, like, a slight swing here. I mean, nine points. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier today, I was listening to people talk about how the Cleveland Browns are coming out as their plus 10 against Kansas City, and everyone's like, that's disrespectful. Pl- plus nine for the Buckeyes against Alabama. I don't know. If, which is more disrespectful, Cleveland plus nine to Kansas City or Ohio State plus or plus ten to Kansas City or Ohio State plus ten to Alabama or plus nine, I should say. The Ohio State one, for sure. Uh, the simple fact is the recruiting is neck and neck. I don't see the big gap that everybody else is seeing, or at least the people on TV are seeing. Obviously, we're in Ohio. We're all going to say the Buckeyes going to win, all that type of stuff. So that's that's regardless. Yeah. But I just don't see the gap like that. Like, they both can put up a ton of points. They're both defenses. Like, we're not the silver bullets of last year. Like, <laughs> and they're also not the stout Alabama defense from, from previous years. Uh, they don't have a pass rush like that. They have a interior pass rush, but they don't have, like, no edge rusher. Neither do we. Like, they have a good DB. We allegedly have a good DB. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think it's, for one, <laughs> Alabama's been more crisp, more consistent all year. But again, circumstances have led to that. Right. Um, but I also think there's some stuff behind the scenes we don't know of yet. I mean, we don't, unless I'm missing something, we don't know of all the guys out who are outside <laughs> for Ohio State. Uh, Vegas could have be privy to that information. Keep that in mind. But uh, Ohio State, a nine-point dog tonight. Um, and I just found that line to be in. I think that's a, that's a big line. I, I'm not, I, I'm, uh, I'm not, plus nine. For Ohio State, that's strange to me. But, again, Vegas must know something we don't. But we're going to talk all things Ohio State-Alabama National Championship game coming up here uh, in Hour 2, which is not too far off from now. Johnny Ritchie on Facebook, uh, he says, I think most Bengals fans were rooting for Cleveland last night, Kev, despite their fans making it tough to do so because we hate Pittsburgh and Baltimore. The main reason we hate Pittsburgh and Baltimore is because they have been an obstacle. Well, I got news for you, Johnny. The Browns are an obstacle now for the Bengals moving forward. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but like the Browns knocking off Pittsburgh doesn't all of a sudden open the door for Cincinnati just to come swooping in and taking over the division. Uh, this, this Browns team is probably going to be the worst version of this team moving forward for at least the next two to three years. Like, things can unravel quickly in the NFL. I mean, two years ago, it looked like the Houston Texans were ready to take off, right, and dominate mm-hmm. the NFL with, with Deshaun Watson. Now, they don't even know if they're going to have Deshaun Watson, and they don't even know what the future of that franchise looks like at the moment. The, how about the Eagles? The Eagles thought that they, you know, they, they win a Super Bowl, they win it with their backup, and they have Carson Wentz, and they think that the sky's the limit. They may not even have Carson Wentz anymore, and they just fired Doug Peterson, who won them a Super Bowl. Crazy. So things fold quickly, but at the same time, to just assume that by the Browns beating the Steelers, that all of a sudden opens the door for the Bengals. I, that did nothing for the Bengals last night, Kev. I mean, it did nothing. The, the Steelers in the offseason, they could pull a massive trade to go get Deshaun Watson. Boom. Every, the pecking order's right back where it was. <laughs> Steelers, Ravens, Browns, Bengals. It, it, nothing's going to change. But this Browns team, they have all of their offensive pieces locked up for the next two to three years. That's going nowhere. 
Their defense is bad. They're going to spend every remaining dollar on, again, securing contracts moving forward and adding to the defense. So I get what he's saying, but I, that was a backhanded compliment to the Browns as if, oh, well, we, we were rooting for you because you're not in our way. The Steelers are in our way. And now that you've knocked them out of the way, now we're good. No. All that's happened is Baltimore probably moves up to the first, you know, best team in the division, maybe, because of that defense. I have to give that to them. I have Cleveland second. Maybe the Bengals are third, but even with the bad Big Ben, the Bengals still are more of a complete team than, than Cincinnati at this point. Offensively, got to give it to in favor of the Bengals. But that's a conversation for later. I just wanted to, to throw that in there. Um, four, five, seven, nine, four, six, four. Let's go to Charlie. Charlie, what's up, man? How are you? Well, I saw that the, uh, I saw the uh, Nationals had interest in Eugenio Suarez. Um, but they don't, they're not willing to let go of any of their pitchers, right. so I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. That's depressing. Look, listen, I want to talk about the Ohio teams that are winning right now, Charlie. The Reds are depressing me. All right. That, that, they're depressing the heck are, are out of me. Not, are you not talking hot stove right now? No, we are not talking hot stove right now. You're talking about the big NFL news in the last 24 hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you're okay. on to something here. So get to the point. Yeah, you, I, I, I made you wait on hold for a little bit on purpose, my friend. What? Hey, Joe Burrow came back to Cincinnati. That's that's the big news. Oh, I saw it. The Cincinnati right into this one. The Charlie. Cincinnati Bengals today post a video of Joe Burrow getting out of his car and walking. He's like Joe Burrow checking into work. Well, somebody needs to remind him his team's this the off season. He, his team's done. His team, the real teams are playing right now, by the way. The real team, the real team, they took 16 weeks weeks off. What are you talking about? Uh, the Browns, you know, the real teams are still playing. Your team's off. Tell him he can go home. Enjoy his vacation. You know what? You know what? I'm a Browns fan now, okay? Uh-huh. Good dog town. Let's hear you bark. <laughs> you got a lot of words. That, that, that's not, Steve, you ain't got nothing on Steve from Springboro, man. <laughs> no, man, Baker Mayfield still sucks. Oh, really? Uh, he's. He's not good. The fact that you guys got five turnovers and only won by 12 points is embarrassing. Okay. You okay. Remember that Colts game, 21 nothing. You guys lost that game. I, that, I mean, my goodness. Anyways, what? Your, your defense is horrible. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely horrible. You let Ben Roethlisberger just torch you. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine taking... If you knew anything about football, you would know why those stats were padded. But, I mean, I get it. You're a Bengals fan, so it's tough for you to understand what you're watching last night. That's called the playoffs. It's been a while since you've been there. I just want to remind you what it is. You let the Steelers almost come back and beat you with no running game. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. They didn't have to run it. Like I said earlier, they're behind. You beat the Steelers like 52-3. to Like, you know when the Steelers beat the Browns like 38-3 to to start the season? That's what you should have done to them. You should not have let them score any points. But that does, that makes zero sense. The Browns have had a bad defense all season. Why all of a sudden now would they just shut them out? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's because you're not a good team. They're not a good defensive team. And yet, if for that not being a good team... They got a playoff win, which is something that in the five straight chances you guys had couldn't get it done. So keep that in mind. Okay, if Ben Roethlisberger would have gave us five turnovers, we could have got it done. Anybody. I, I could have got a peewee football team to win that game. <laughs> All right, man, what else you got? Anything else? I, you, you were loading the chamber. Well, I mean, no, you just, you know what? What? It, You're it still a last-place team. Game. You're going to be last place next year. Please. It was hard to watch that game last night because I didn't know who I wanted to lose more. Um, you just called in last week you know, with your violin. I'm a, I'm a Browns fan now. I'm a Browns fan. <laughs> I was I was just being nice. Come on. I don't need you to be <laughs> look, nice. In all honesty, look, in all honesty, 
is awesome. Someone just asked if you're calling from Sega Genesis. I'm glad. So we're not we're not the only ones hearing that. Are you hearing that on your phone, by the way? Like this, like weird little robotic sound. Anyways, but uh, we have our, our phones have sensors on, and when they sense BS, that they start to go off. And I think you were spewing a lot of that right there, my friend. <laughs> Um, no, it was nice to see Ben Roethlisberger sitting on the bench. And, and it, what, how unsportsmanlike to not go, you know, congratulate Baker Mayfield. What the hell? He was, in, he was in awe. He was in awe of the great quarterback play, Baker Mayfield. Charlie, take care, man. Appreciate the call. 457 9464. It's the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash, live here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, 1410 Wing AM. For those tuning in, uh, Charlie and I go back and forth all the time. I'm not trying to, t- you know, beat up on Bengals fans too much. He makes it difficult sometimes, though. I do got to be honest. Johnny Ritchie responds from his statement earlier Justin, that's exactly what I meant by Browns fans making it tough. I wasn't saying that, that they did anything for the Bengals. I was saying when the Bengals were good, it was Pittsburgh and Baltimore. That were the obstacles, and I'm just. But when you say, "Oh, I was going for," the, I can't stand the Browns, but I'm going for them because the Steelers are an obstacle. Well, who cares what the Steelers were doing ten years ago? That's what they're doing about now. All right. And by the way, I don't agree at all that Big Ben was being unsportsmanlike. He stayed out there and was taking it all in. I mean, that might have been his last game ever. Right. He was taking. I had no problem with Big Ben last night. I told you, I, I did. I had sympathy <laughs> for Big Ben last night. I thought that that was a train wreck of uh, of a situation for him. Um, but that it is what it is. Uh, me and Kev actually disagree. It's weird sometimes the angles we kind of. I mean, I, he's know, my quarterback. Out. He, I love him, but I mean, Easy you know, he wasn't. It's my quarterback. It's my quarterback. I love him, but you know, he was terrible last night, and the he, Browns took advantage. Get, look, every other team out there, make sure that their quarterback has everything that they need. Your team doesn't do that, and then we get they get mad when a 38 year old quarterback who you forced to throw the ball 68 times. Well, he threw four in seven. Three interceptions before he when got When you packed. throw the ball 70 times, you're bound to have a couple of those go to the other team. But I mean, he threw the three. No, he threw four before he got past uh, pass attempt number five. Big Ben should not be he the more guy. Interceptions. He should not be the one oh, leading you're right. the offense. You're so right. That's not on, so when he's forced to do so, that, that that's what you get. Like That's not on Big Ben. Yeah, he can't turn that over, but when you're trying to use him in a role that he is not built to run, that's not on him. That's on Mike Tomlin. That's on the organization. They've been last in the run game or second or third to last in the run game for four straight years now, and yet they just think that, oh, maybe next year Connor will get it done. And no, you, it's the old line, baby. I don't it's care what line. it is. Whatever it is, they've got to fix it. They've got to fix it, for There's, sure. Uh, Ain't no question. They're they a better version of the Bengals. Oh, here you go. <laughs> fix that offensive line, baby. <laughs> All right, hour two coming up next. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash, don't go anywhere. Ohio State Alabama talks coming up here in just a few moments. I just wanted to make sure we got to all Browns calls here as we close out that part of the conversation. There's going to be plenty of reaction to the Browns throughout the week as well as uh, getting to what's next for them, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. Last thing here on the Browns and the Steelers, Kev, how about this? The big talk over the last couple, it's been all the trash talk. Think about the Steelers' run. I mean, I thought about this. If Big Ben's run in Pittsburgh is over, the, la- in the since December 21st, his career in Pittsburgh would have ended with a loss to the Bengals, a loss to Cleveland in the final week of the regular season, even though he didn't technically play in that game, but doesn't matter. And 
a loss to the Browns in the playoffs. That's a tough way to go. But a lot of the narrative of these Steelers games over the past month has been about the smack talk off the field or on the field. You know, my fa- one of my favorite hits of the year, Von Bell, just absolutely decimating uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in that, in that upset from earlier in the year. The Steelers don't learn their lesson. Juju Smith-Schuster talks smack about the Browns or the same old Browns. They get punched in the mouth. And, of course, he doesn't stop there because now Chase Claypool, a guy that I actually kind of like until today, <laughs> now it's his turn to run his mouth. And it's easy to run your mouth when there's, you don't you have to wait another, what, seven months, eight months before you step foot back on the football field again. If you're watching live on Facebook, take a look here. This is from ESPN Sports Center's Twitter account. Uh, Chase Claypool, when asked about the loss to the Cleveland Browns, uh, it was on a TikTok Live. TikTok, the Steelers need to stay away from TikTok, okay? Uh, he says it's a bad loss, but the Browns are going to get clapped next week, so it's all good. It's not all good, Chase. It's not all good because you're not going to be the one doing any of the clapping. You've already been clapped. Your team lost. My team lost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I, I'm all about people expressing themselves, but there's a, a line where it becomes stupid, and this is one of them. This is stupid. You know, talking trash like Juju did before the game. I, I personally, I really didn't have a big problem with it because guess what? It was all going to be settled on the field. Now that the game has been played and you lost, shut up because you have nothing else to do. You're on vacation now. They're still playing. They're still in the running to win a championship, a Super Bowl, something that you wanted to accomplish. You're out of it. Shut up. Go home. Go catch the ball. Work on the jug machine. Work on your routes. Work on your TikTok brand. Whatever you're going to be doing in your off-season, your off-season started. Go do it because the Browns are still playing and you're not. Stop talking. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought it was one of those fake uh, quotes at first. But, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, well, SportsCenter is the one that tweeted this out. But, yeah, Chase Claypool and the loss to the Browns last night. It's a bad loss, but the Browns, they're going to get clapped next week. So it's all good. Again, Cleveland uh, has the Kansas City Chiefs up. I mean, that's the reward. But uh, at the same time, we're going to talk about that matchup throughout the week. I'm not taking that line. It's a 10-point line. Uh, Browns plus 10. No, uh, that that's an interesting line. I, I will. So the Browns plus ten—that's the same line that Mitch Trubisky and the Bears had against the Saints. You mean to tell me that the gap between the the, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Browns is the same as the Bears and the Saints? Nah, that, that's a strange. That's a very strange line. But yeah, we'll get there. People we'll will jump there. on that. I'm sure. Let's uh, close out the Browns talk with on the phones real quick. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry, how are you, sir? Congratulations, Browns fans. Big Steve, I know it's been a long time. I'm sure the fact it was against Pittsburgh had to make you guys smile big time. Uh, you heard him earlier. He's he's a little happy about it. Oh, I, I, I don't blame you, man. I do not blame you guys a bit. Um, Kevin, man, I feel for you, brother. But <laughs> It's all but you, good, man. You it's, know, it, it's not about me. It's about what the Browns accomplished. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, all good. Yeah. The, the, you know the reason you're getting all this hate, man, is because outside of the Dallas Cowboys, you are you root for the one team everybody loves to hate. You know what I mean? I guess. If you're not a Pittsburgh fan, then you hate them. I mean, let's just it's just the way it is, brother. Um, but you're 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 hanging in there. I, I'm, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I just think I, I, the comment I got is um, I that's. That's the first time against either Pittsburgh or a Baltimore team that I am since in 10-plus years that I've seen Cleveland physically whip their butts. And they did. They physically dominated that game. Um, so kudos to them. And if you remember, I called you guys last week and told you that Vegas was disrespecting the Browns with that 
2200 line on to win it all, I might have a little fundage on this. So I'm a big Browns fan the rest of the postseason. So um, you guys can absolutely get Kansas City. I'm telling you that right now. And, and here's the other thing. You guys, no one left other than Baltimore has a better defense in the AFC left in this tournament than you guys do. Your defense isn't great, but Kansas City's isn't good. Buffalo's isn't good. And you and Baltimore are probably tied for the best running games left in this AFC tournament, too. So, as someone who watched his team go into Kansas City and physically dominate them, they do not want to be in a fight. If you can go in there and make it a fist fight, you can win that game. I am telling you, take the 10 points. You're going to at least cover. I think you're going to win straight up. I swear to God, I think you're going straight up. Yeah, all in November, all in December, the Kansas City Chiefs, although they've won all their games, they uh, every single one of those wins, Jerry and Kev, they've all been by one possession. One they possession, can't run the ball. That one possession wins each time. Uh, and, again, that means nothing. But, again, just like Pittsburgh, I said, look, I, I judge teams not for full body of work. Someone said, already wrote in here, uh, you know, you're going to talk smack about a 15-1 and team. I'm not talking smack about a 15-1 and team. I'm talking about the team that's coming into the playoffs in the last two months is more of who they are. They escaped games with wins, which good teams find ways to win. I said the same thing about the Browns. The Browns won a lot of games this year that were hideous. They're, the Browns won a lot of games this year that I'm like, yeah, they won, but, man, it didn't feel like they won. It felt ugly. They won a lot of ugly games. Kansas City's won a lot of ugly games. This has the making of a shootout, and uh, I, I tell you what, I'm pretty excited about it. I think that uh, the Browns are a B version of the Kansas City Chiefs from an offensive, explosive offensive standpoint, and they're pretty much equal defensively if you look at the stats. Yep. So this is yep. going to be an interesting matchup. Jerry, normally we go longer, but we do yep. have Ohio State. Any, yep. any comments yep. on Ohio State tonight? Uh, I think Ohio State wins too, by the way. I really do. I think they're getting disrespected. I really do, and um, look, it's going to be a tough game. Um, we haven't played a team like them, but they have not played anybody near as good as us. So I think it's going to be tight. It all depends on who's out for COVID, but I'm telling you, you guys have a better offensive line than the Chiefs and a better running game, and I think you're going to win that game. I'm telling you now. All right. I'm telling you. Jerry, adios, man. Take care. Later, guys. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Again, just trying to close out the Browns conversations quick. We got Ohio State talk around the corner. Let's go to Shaw. Shaw, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, yes, sir. I'm sorry. I, I know you don't want to talk Browns anymore, but uh, real quick, that hater you had on there for the Bengals, he sounds like a Dalton, Andy Dalton fan, and he's ticked off about five consecutive first round playoff losses by Dalton. Furthermore, real quick. Uh, we can beat the Chiefs, right? I mean, we haven't seen the best Browns, and I think we've seen the best that the Chiefs have to offer. Go Browns. All right, then I appreciate the call. Who was that, by the way? Was that Shaw? I thought he said his name was Shaw, but it maybe it wasn't it was Sean. Then Sean maybe. and I appreciate. And, and normally with with new callers, I like to kind of get to know who they are a little bit more. But he brings up a good point. Look, I wasn't planning on getting into the Chiefs Browns uh, breakdown so much today, but uh, I, two weeks ago I said, "Oh, the Browns have no chance of beating this Chiefs team." But after looking at it more and kind of diving more into the numbers a little bit. The Chiefs deserve to be the favorites. They should be the favorites. They are the better team, complete team, the quarterback, uh, everything they have. But the Browns are no slouch either offensively. That's why I said the Browns are a B version of the Chiefs. Uh, they're off, the second-best offense in the AFC is the Cleveland Browns. Now, people out there are going to say, oh, it's the Bills. The Bills don't have a run game. 
The Bills, the Bills have a good quarterback. They have a good offensive pass attack, but they don't have that balance with the run game. The Browns have a great passing game and a great running game, and that they're just well balanced. I shouldn't say great. They have a good passing game, great running game. Chiefs have a great passing game, average running game. The Bills have good passing game, no run game. I think the Browns are the second best offense in the in, in the playoffs, at least on the AFC side remaining. So we'll get into more of that coming up. Ron, close this out before we switch to Ohio State. Ron, how are you? No, no, no. I don't think so, buddy. You you talked so much smack last week. No Browns. Browns don't have a shot. I don't know what I'm talking about. Delusional Browns fan. That was you, Ron. That was you. It was. Eat it. Hey, but guess, guess what? What? If you play back the last episode... You were like, I can't wait till Monday. I can't wait till because I was getting you all fired up, and you were going. Oh, you were getting me so fired up, Ron. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, what I'm going to say is you're talking about the trash talk. Uh, Chase Young, I mean, he talked a lot of smack, and he didn't do a lot of crap. But after the game, he at least talked to, to Tom Brady and kind of made men's, you know. But. Uh, well, who Chase Young, I don't think Chase Young was talking smack. I love Chase Young's response. The difference between what Chase Young said about Tom Brady and what the other, like what the Steelers are doing with the Browns. Chase Young said when he was asked about that, saying he wanted Tom Brady, he said he goes that came from a, that. That's all respect. He goes, I'm a rookie in the league. I want the bet. Of course, I want to go at Tom Brady. I love Chase Young's response. That wasn't trash talk at all. That was just him saying, Hey, yeah, I want a shot at Tom. That you know, that's what you play for. You want to go up against the best. Uh, the Steelers and their guys were talking down about their opponent. Chase Young was just saying, hey, he, he's acknowledging the greatness of his opponent, and he wanted to get the best of him. Uh, I had no problem with Chase Young and what he was saying. And real quick, I think uh, we both got a good chance uh, Sunday because uh, the crowd noise ain't there. And Arrowhead and New Orleans are both hard places to play when the crowd is going. And look at, Se- look at Seattle. I mean, it was a dead crowd, and the Rams went in there and just played their game, and Thing off, but Absolutely anyway. overrated. Russell Wilson again <laughs> loses over the weekend in the playoffs. Shocker! Shocker! You had him as, a, you had him as an MVP earlier in the season. I do. When he was playing like an MVP earlier in the season, and then he got the interception bug. But All right, well, I'm just saying uh, I'm excited too. You know, and uh, uh, go Browns. Okay, you happy now? Yeah, absolutely. You think I? Hey, Ron, right, Ron, man. Ron, I want to remind you, Kenner picked Washington to beat you guys. I just want to remind you. But that wasn't that crazy of a pick. Look, the, I mean, it's not like Tampa. Do- hey, I mean, man, I've been getting made a fun of all day, man. The, I can pick a joke the, at you. The, the only hey. team in the playoffs <laughs> under 500 took it to Tom Brady's super team in Tampa, and uh, they had to fight it you know, with everything they could to beat a backup quarterback, a third-string quarterback at that. Well, I'll tell you what. Hey, good teams find a way to win. And it looks like they're getting it together. Hey, Chris Godwin had two drops right in the breadbasket. Oh, excuses are like buttholes, my friend. <laughs> Adios, Ron. Go Browns. Go Saints. I'm not letting you play nice now. You talk smack more than anyone else. Just hang up on Ron. Drop Ron. We're done with Ron. Ron, go Browns. You talk so much smack about the Browns. And then you call when the Browns play well, you call in to try and play nice. Again, if you're a new listener, I promise you, Ron and I go at each other all the time. I don't treat everybody that way. You know, just the Ronnies. Just the Ronnies of the world and Kev. And Charlie. Charlie starts it. Shaw. Shaw has been better, but he usually starts it. Shaw or uh, Charlie starts it. 
and I finish it. Ron starts it, I finish it. That's four people. And I finish it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you I'm just saying that's four people. You say you don't go to everybody, that's four people. That's his name. That started. I don't start anything. With I you. have been a firm believer, treat others the way they treat you. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I'm a childish person. When I, 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 I always live by the, the they started. I started with you. Now you just annoy me sometimes. Okay, so yeah. now, let's just be with your your holier than thou <laughs> takes of oh Nick's man up and gotta keep fighting till the clock hits zero and yeah good rainbows in the world and butterflies. Nope. How the rainbows and butterflies of Pittsburgh today? Kevin. Oh, going to break. <laughs> but guys, next. He's a former Buckeyes great and now a college football Hall of Famer. And don't forget about his 13. All right, everybody, welcome back. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. I just posted this on the Facebook page, on the Justin Kinner Show pa- Facebook page. Chase Claypool says, bad loss to the Browns, yes, but the Browns are going to get clapped next week, so it's all good. And look, you got it. I feel bad for this team. In the last four weeks, this Steelers team... Well, they, they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns twice in a four-week period. I could see why they're a little testy. They're a little edgy. Oh, not the same old Browns? I think we learned last night. The Browns are not the same old Browns, but guess what? The Steelers, they're not the same old Steelers either. Like, <laughs> the, the Browns are not your typical bad Browns team, and the Steelers are not your typical good team either. Like, it's amazing how the paths have kind of crossed. And thing, the thing about Pittsburgh, they can fix it fairly quickly. It's just they have a lot of question marks. Quarterback. Offensive line, run game, you know, what's going to be their center uh, focus? Because they've traded a lot of draft picks away. I don't know what their upcoming draft pick situation is like, and I have no problem with them trading for Fitzpatrick, by the way. They needed to address the defense, especially last year with not having Big Ben, knowing that they were going to have to rely on the defense to win some games. Uh, But it is what it is. All right, everybody. Again, Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We now transition over to college football talk, Ohio State, Alabama. National championship game tonight. Of course, you can catch it all right here on Dayton's Home of the Buckeyes, 1410 Wing AM. 8 o'clock will be the kickoff, 815 to be exact. Of course, it's always in that window. Again, you have all the pregame, you know, pomp and circumstances that go on. But 630 right here on 1410 Wing AM, 630 is when the coverage will start. And, of course, you'll be able uh, to, you know, tune in, catch all that. Again, you can also hear it on our sister station on 92.9 Jack FM. So keep that in mind throughout the night. If you're out driving around and can't watch the game, uh, there's plenty of radio options for you to take the game in as well. I'm pumped for tonight. Ohio State, Alabama. This is like one of those where if you're going to play in a championship game, like I was bummed in 2014. You know, that's how spoiled we are. I, I, was, I wasn't happy with our opponent in the title game. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love that we beat Alabama in the semifinal, but, you know, I was like, oh, Oregon. Okay, cool. Oregon's good. You know, they, that, you know, they, they were good. But just, it was Oregon. I wanted that brand. I, I love beating brands. Like when you're right now, you're in the brand business. Um, the college football playoff is all about brands. Um, you are constantly selling your program, not just to future recruits, Kev. You are selling your program to the committee, the college yeah. football playoff committee. Because whether we like it or not, it's a room made up of human beings that they're not robots. They don't know how to keep emotion out of it. And a lot of times, it is a you're training those those people in that room to view your program in a certain way. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how good Cincinnati was this year. It doesn't matter how good these teams could be. It is all about training these people in that room to view your program in a light that is going to make up for some of your team's flaws. Uh, Georgia has been able to accomplish that, apparently. Florida was able to accomplish that. There are a lot of programs who have been able to convince the committee that even with three losses that they deserve being in the top ten. It is what it is. Selling your program matters, not just to recruits anymore, but to the committee. 
and brand matters. And brand matters when you beat opponents. Like let's say that uh, let's say Texas A and M made the playoff, Kevin. Let's say that Texas A and M made it to the championship game. Ohio State versus Texas A and M. Ohio State beats Texas A and M. They win a national championship. That's great for Ohio State. But let's be honest: beating Alabama for a national championship means more. Beating Alabama for a national title means more than beating a Oregon, right? No, I mean. Yes, it's disrespectful, but it's just the reality that we live in. Like, the branding matters. The brands you beat matter. Which is why I said that if Ohio State, when they win tonight, if they win tonight, the bottom line is is that this would be the toughest path to a national championship in the history of the program. Not even close. Uh, I, I think the 2002 season was a tough path to the championship. They won a lot of close games in the regular season, as I mentioned back then. Be undefeated, you're fine. You could be undefeated now and make the playoff. But I don't think that 2002 team... I, they would make the playoff because they went undefeated. I don't know if that team goes with the level of opponents playing now. I don't know if they beat that team. But then again, they beat one hell of a Miami team. Mm-hmm. But I do know that 2014, tough run to the title game. Uh, you know, they, the, We didn't even know if they were going to make it. That's what made that year fun is we knew that they had a shot to make it, but we didn't know. We didn't know if the committee was going to give the Big 12 the nod and, and, you know, and give, you know, put them in, but they wanted to use that year as a message to the Big 12, get a title game. And they did. Uh, they ultimately make it. Third string quarterback, lose JT Barrett against Michigan to close out the year, and then boom, we go on to win it. But this year, battling your own conference, as I've talked about, um, only getting five games in the regular season, getting a sixth by winning the Big Ten championship game. You have everyone mad at you, mad at your brand, mad at the committee, putting trying to put pressure on the committee. Hey, why are you going to reward teams for playing less games and punish the teams who played more games, who had more opportunities to lose? The, I mean, there was pressure and fingers being pointed everywhere, some pointers, some middle. I mean, fingers all over the place. And Ohio State is here. They get Clemson. And they beat Clemson, who they've never beaten before. They have Trevor Lawrence, arguably the best college football quarterback since Andrew Luck, right? Uh, and this is a program in Ohio State that feels very confident that they've had some of the best quarterbacks in college football since Andrew Luck during that time, okay? So they beat them. They beat Dabo Sweeney. They beat a program who's one of the hottest programs in college football over the last six, seven years. Now they got Alabama coming up. Mac Jones, numbers that rival Joe Burrow's numbers from last year's Heisman winning season. Uh, Wide receiver talent all over the place. Alabama is stacked, and they have depth, and they have explosiveness. This is not going to be an easy game tonight. This game is going to be a million times more difficult than the matchup they had against Clemson, and I thought they were going to struggle with Clemson. It's going to be close at most parts of the game, I believe. I believe that whoever wins tonight is going to pull away later in the game. I, I, I truly do. But I think it's going to come down to, again, when you look at the strength for both teams, quarterback versus quarterback. Ohio State, I give a slight nudge, uh, you know, advantage, quarterback versus quarterback. I give that to Justin Fields. I think he's more versatile. He brings more to the table. If you slow him down pass game-wise, he's going to hurt you with his legs. Not saying Mac Jones can't, but I'm going to give the nudge. I'm going to give the nudge to Justin Fields. Wide receiver talent. Chris Olave is great. Garrett Wilson's great. Those guys, you can't argue the talent that Ohio State has at wide receiver. But I'm not going to look at Alabama, who has a Heisman-winning wide receiver, as well as another guy who was favored to win the Heisman coming or be a Heisman finalist coming into the year. Alabama has the advantage at wide receiver. Doesn't mean the wide receivers at Ohio State are bad. Alabama has the advantage there. Najee Harris, they have the advantage in the run game. All right, Ohio State has Trey Sermon, who's been playing balls to the wall. He's been fantastic. Ohio State's not hurting at running back. Still got to give the advantage to running back to Alabama. Offensive line, I want to give that to Ohio State, but as Bama Rob just told us the other day, 
Alabama got graded and rated out as the number one offensive line in football from an efficiency standpoint, from a grade standpoint. And if Ohio State was graded that, we would take it to the bank. So I got to make sure I'm consistent here. I got to give that nudge to Alabama uh, slightly. And by the way, I know nothing about offensive line. When I'm watching offensive lines, I'm you know I'm like you know what is bad. Oh, trust me, I've watched a Bengal game. Uh, So yes, I do know. Uh, And and then so the bottom line is is that Alabama is going to have a slight advantage at pretty much every offensive position group out on the field. Defense. Gets questionable there. Ohio State, I'm going to give them the rub at defensive line. They're going to have the chance to put more ball pressure. They did it to Trevor Lawrence. They made him uncomfortable all night. They have to do that to Mac Jones tonight. Cal, I'm pumped. This is a big-time showdown. Remember I told you a while back I don't get nervous for games. Mm-hmm. I don't lose sleep over games. I don't respect the Big Ten. There's not an opponent in the Big Ten that I lose sleep over the night before because I'm like, okay, Ohio State's going to win. Is the opponent going to make it a game or not? Who knows? I don't fear anyone in the Big Ten. Clemson, I get jacked up for Alabama, I'm definitely jacked up for. I cannot wait. A national championship is on the line tonight. When we do the show tomorrow, we could be talking about Ohio State winning another national championship. And to do it over Bama, branding matters. Tonight is a huge night and a huge opportunity for the Buckeyes. You said it right there. Opportunity for the Buckeyes to win another national championship. And that's all I really want. And selfishly speaking, strictly for myself here, after my Cleveland baseball team said it right, uh, they flamed out in the playoffs. Uh watching my Pittsburgh Steelers get beat down yesterday. As most times, it comes down to Ohio State keeping my sports sanity happy. So, Buckeyes, don't do it for yourself. Don't do it for the state of Ohio. Don't do it for your draft stock. Do it for me. Do it for Kev Nash. Do it for Kev so I can have a smile on my face tomorrow. That's all we really want. We want Kev to be happy. But, no, in all seriousness, this is such a great matchup. And to be perfectly honest, now, I'm a person that says, look, man, the others of college football, if you people are mad that it's always Clemson, it's always Alabama playing the national championship game, we need some new blood in there, tell your teams to get better and win their matchups to get to college football playoff. Ohio State has done that. They have won their matchup, and they're in the college football playoff championship game for opportunity to win it. Now it's time to seize that. Um, I believe that Ohio State's running game is going to be the key, just like it was the key in the winning the Big Ten championship game. And it was the key. I know that Justin Fields balled out of control versus Clemson, but it was the run game and the offensive line that really keyed that because it, the run game made the safeties come in the box. And when you have eight men in the box, you can allow your big-time receivers to make plays downfield and basically just outrun DBs. So the run game is going to be the key. Um, we don't know about the COVID issues, the alleged COVID issues that the Buckeye team is facing. We've been hearing rumors about that basically since the day after the game. You know, we were hearing COVID rumors about who's going to play, who's not going to play. We don't know. We're going to find out. I've been on Twitter all day really searching for that. Right now it's just rumors, and they're rumors until it's confirmed, you know, by the university. So we're just waiting, and as soon as we hear something, we'll pass it along. But if – just to say, for instance, some of the rumors we are hearing are true about COVID issues on the Buckeyes. How do you think those COVID issues, them missing the game, are going to affect them? Because there are rumors about the D-line. And obviously, the two DTs on the Ohio State team, they're the best defensive players we have. So how do you think that would affect the game? Uh, I mean, that's going to be huge, too, just because... Again, the wide receiver talent that, I mean, we knew Clemson had a good wide receiver type, but this is unlike anything Ohio State's seen before. I'm seeing a lot in here about, you know, Chris says, uh, this is the best team Alabama has seen all year. Why do we say things like that? Because this is the best team Ohio State's seen all year. 
Liz to both. Like, I, I don't know, but that comment always has a connotation to it of, oh, yeah, Alabama has no idea what they're about to face. Stop. Like, we could say that about both teams. Ohio State's going to have their hands full tonight. So is Alabama. Yeah. But we got to stop doing this thing. We're, we're just better. We're not better. Alabama's better. But it's not better enough to where they don't have a shot. This isn't a David versus Goliath tonight, folks. No, no. This is not like Miami versus Ohio State back in 2002. Uh, you know, this isn't like Ohio State versus Miami of Ohio in 2019. I mean, this is, uh, this is Ohio State, Alabama, the two best teams in the country right now. Uh, and that's where we're at. So earlier I talked about how there's a stat that really kind of got me thinking about, you know, Ohio State, you know, Keith Byers always talks about the importance of Ohio State having to use their tight ends. Tight, you have to use your tight ends if you're the Ohio State Buckeyes. And, uh, well, they've been using their tight ends throughout the season at times, but the one thing that they put together better than any other game that I can remember, not just this season, but, you know, Urban Meyer and even with Ryan Day here, the tight ends dominated Clemson. That was the difference maker. That was the big difference maker uh, in the Clemson matchup. When you look at the fact that both tight ends combined for five catches, 66 yards, and three touchdowns. All right? And I'm talking about Jeremy Rockard and Luke Farrell. It's very important that those two are involved tonight, and I think they will be. Here's an interesting stat. Uh, JBook37, again, I wish I knew who the hell that even was. And it's a Bucknuts account. He's a Bucknuts reporter uh, for them. Does a good job for them. He tweeted out earlier today that he heard a stat on the College Football XM uh, talking about how Alabama, they rank dead last in, in, in defending teams' tight ends. They have given up over 600 yards to tight ends this season, Kev. They've given, over, they've given up over 50 catches and 36 first-down conversions. Their linebackers are going to be a liability in pass coverage. We're going to sit here and talk about how Alabama has the advantage at wide receiver. And they have a good tight end, too, by the way. But I'm just saying, they have a good tight end. They have good everything. It's Alabama. Of course they do. But Ohio State has depth at their positions as well. Ohio State's going to have playmaking ability with their receivers, but it's going to come down to, yes, establishing the run game, yes, getting your receivers involved early, but it's going to come down to tight ends for Ohio State. I expect them to really try to find a way to utilize them, especially in the middle of the field, the way they did against Clemson, because that honestly was the big difference. Every time Ohio State found themselves in a tough situation, a third and long or a third down, the tight ends came up big. Mm-hmm. And not just big in, in extending a drive, but closing out a drive with a touchdown. Three touchdowns versus Clemson. I don't know if that'll be the same performance again tonight, but that's going to be one focus that I think they try to build off of, of what they were able to get going against Clemson just last week. I haven't seen Ohio State tight end produce like that since Ricky Dudley back in 95. Like, that's how long we've been screaming, throw it to the tight ends, give the tight ends a bone. It was outstanding. It was outstanding play calling. It was outstanding execution by the Buckeyes. And we're going to need it. We're going to need all hands on deck because there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a shootout come tonight at 8 o'clock. All right, here's the deal. We have the we have these brand new 1410 ESPN Radio Wing AM masks because, you know, everyone loves masks, okay? Uh, you, you may not love masks, but you have to wear them. And if you're going to wear them, we might as well wear a cool mask. We got 1410 ESPN Radio masks that we are giving away. Here's what you have to do. Head to Facebook, search The Justin Kinner Show. When you put your prediction for tonight's game in the comments section, you are automatically enrolled to win one of these masks. We're going to be drawing for five masks uh, on tomorrow's show or tonight after the game. But for tomorrow, we'll be, of course, reaching out to the winners. So make sure you head to Facebook, search The Justin Kinner Show on Facebook, and leave your score prediction for tonight's national championship game in the comments section. You must like the show page, but you also need to leave your comment in the comments section. Uh, If we pick, again, we scroll through, we pick five random winners. If we see that you don't like the page, then you 
automatically don't get to win it. You have to like the show page and leave your uh, prediction for the national championship game tonight in the comment section. Head to Facebook, search the Justin Kinder Show, leave your prediction in the comment section below, uh, and we'll get you a 1410 ESPN Radio Mass to five winners uh, that we'll pick tomorrow. We'll be back in a moment. Let's open up the phone line, shall we? 457-9464. Justin Kinder, Kev Nash with you here talking all things Ohio State, Alabama national championship game right here on tonight. Uh, right here tonight on Dayton's home of the Ohio State Buckeyes 1410 ESPN Radio. We will be back in just a moment. 457-9464. We'll be back. Guns it long down the right side. Ball in the air toward the end zone. And that ball is going to be Buckeyes, Buckeyes get it. Tyvis Powell, he goes racing up and is tackled at the 30-yard line. And the king of the SEC has fallen. This is the voice of the Buckeyes. Paul Keels, join us. Kenner, Kevin Nash, back with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. 457-9464, that's the number to call in and join in on the conversation. The national championship game tonight, Ohio State, Alabama. Alabama a nine-point favorite. Alabama 12-0 on the season. Ohio State also undefeated. They're at 7-0, and of course that was the big uh, controversial talking point with Ohio State as to why they shouldn't even be in the playoff. They didn't play enough games, right? They played five regular season games. A Big Ten title gave them their sixth game when the original uh, you know, benchmarker for games to be eligible to play in the Big Ten championship game was six. They came up a game short. Of course, the controversy of the Big Ten just changing the rules uh, to benefit Ohio State, and although technically uh, when, you, when you simplify it, yes, that's exactly what they did, but when you think big picture what they did, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't a conference alter a rule during a time where things are always ever-changing anyways? Why wouldn't they alter a rule to allow Ohio State to play for a Big Ten championship, which, from a business standpoint, also puts them in position to have a team compete in the college football playoff? I don't think. In fact, I know, and I think we all know, even Ohio State haters know, the Big Ten made the right decision. Of course they should have made that decision. From a business standpoint, the SEC would have done it. Big Ten fans would have screamed and cried and bitched and moaned and complained. And Alabama and the SEC, they would have put their team in the playoff and off they would have went, just like the Big Ten's doing. That's all. But it was a talking point. It's a narrative. It's a fun talking point about this matchup. And, you know, these matchups, Ohio State-Alabama, Clemson-Alabama, Ohio State-Clemson, these matchups are fun. You, you know, you see these two, you see these three programs who recruit differently than everyone else, who have rosters built differently than everyone else, who have talent built different than everyone else. These matchups are just different. Ohio State Clemson felt different. Notre Dame's a big brand, but I never looked at Notre Dame as being on a level playing field talent wise as Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. So that felt like a big game because you're watching Alabama and you have the big brand supporting the matchup weight, of course, with Notre Dame, but big picture, Clemson, Ohio State was the heavyweight matchup. In Alabama, Ohio State, it's an even bigger heavyweight matchup here tonight. Again, Alabama, a nine-point favorite, the over-under at 74-and-a-half. You taking the over on that, Kev? Yeah, I'm going over. I think so. I think it's a shootout. Yeah, it's got to uh, be a shootout. I mean, like we talked about last segment, this ain't the silver bullet defense, and this ain't the stout Alabama defense. We've seen both teams give up a lot of points this season, and especially in the passing game, um, you know, 
So I expect a lot of points. And the best part about both these teams is their passing game. So I expect a lot of points tonight. It's all about getting key stops or situational not, stops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, hey, it'd be nice to get some turnovers. So, and then keep that in mind, too, about tonight. I think we waste too much time talking about the defense. Last year, Kev, you had Jeff Okuda. You, know, you had Chase Young. You had Landers. You had all, I mean, you had these, all these pass rushers. You had great secondary guys. And Ohio State has that this year, but not nearly as close to talented. And last year's Jeff Okuda, Chase Young, led defense. Couldn't stop Clemson. You're, doesn't matter how good you are defensively. You're not stopping these high-powered offenses. And this Alabama offense is a million times better than the Clemson offense that they faced last year. You're not stopping these offenses. We stopped Clemson. You held them to 400 yards. You outscored Clemson. You, you didn't stop Clemson. You outscored them. That's why we keep talking about situational defense is going to be key tonight. Can you? I heard Urban Meyer talk about this on their Fox pregame a few weeks ago, and he said when you have opponents, when you have, when you have these big-time heavyweight matchups, he goes, you're going to learn quickly, no matter how good your defense is, you're not stopping these teams. But it's all about trying to challenge yourself to, can we force this team to punt three to four times throughout this contest? Mm-hmm. And Urban said that, uh, you know, his teams, when they were, you know, that night, that they, the year they played Alabama, uh, I love this story. He just said, look, we're not going to stop this Alabama offense, but we have to get at least three to four stops throughout this game. Can you believe in 2020 or 2016 or whatever that was, 2014, you're telling your teams, we can't stop these guys, but we at least need to get four. You're at, literally, you're telling the best defensive athletes in the world, can you just stop this team four times? But Urban said, in today's football, mm-hmm. you've got to stop teams at least four times to give yourself a shot to win. And if you do that, you're going to have a shot to win at the end. So Alabama's defense tonight, they have to force Ohio State to punt three to four times to have a shot. Ohio State's defense tonight has to force Alabama to punt three to four times to have a shot to win tonight's game. Maybe we don't see the punt team at all, and it just comes down to who has the ball last. Point is, we're in for a treat here tonight. Four five seven nine four six four Ohio State-Alabama National Championship game tonight. Who you have? Four five seven nine four six four. Kev, who we have? We got Bama Bobby. Bam, uh, Bama Bobby, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys today? Good. And you've been confident for a while. Yeah. I am still confident. The first team to forty wins. So whoever's got the scores underneath forty for a winner, they're automatically wrong. So, and if the over and under on punts is eight, I'm certainly taking the under. I don't see both teams forcing each other to punt that many times. I'm just saying. I think that that's what it's going to come down to. Can you try to force a team to punt once a quarter? If you could try um, to force a team to punt once a quarter, that's doable if you shrink the game down to those smaller situations. It sounds like a lot. Four punts, I agree with you. It sounds like a lot. But if you shrink it down to we got to at least stop them once this quarter. If you can get one stop per quarter, that needs to be the goal for both teams here. And I thought Urban's point on that a few weeks ago was really interesting in how they kind of view the game and shrink it into quarters and situations and not just one big whole game. Oh, absolutely. That's, you know, that's part of it. You know, that's why they have uh, four quarters in a football game. It's so you can constantly make your adjustments and do what needs to be done. But here's what I was going to say. Your interesting take on the, on the uh, tight ends. Uh-huh. Good take. Uh, Alabama's weakest link. It's their defense. The weakest link on their defense are their linebackers. But they've got a weak linebacker in there. If you can get him one-on-one with a slot guy, they're going to beat us to death. 
And, and, and that's going to be what they focus I mean, too, they're going to run those cross routes. They're going to try, uh, you know, I think they're going to start small. They're going to try to implement the run game. You have your crossing patterns, get your tight ends involved, and then try to work your way to beating these guys down the field. I'll be surprised if Ohio State tries to attack down the field the first drive of the night, but maybe they try to set the tone and go deep on the very first uh, play of the game. We'll see. What do you think the first play of the game is going to be? It's going to be a deep shot down the field, or are they going to both teams going to start out running? I, I think both teams are going to try to establish themselves so they can grind it out. You know, the longer you have the ball against both of these teams, the better off you're going to be. I mean, it's, it's cut and dry. If you can get grinding drives together and put a drive together without having a huge play, which both teams rely so much on huge plays, okay? But if you can get an established drive, 75 yards, 15 plays, eat, eat up eight minutes, okay? You're keeping the other team off the field. And that's what you need to do. All right, real quick before we let you go again, I'm having to give us your score prediction. But uh, your teams—you're used to your team being in the national championship game. Can you think of a game where you've been nervous as a fan? Are you nervous for tonight's game? I'm absolutely nervous for tonight's game. Absolutely, I'm a, I'm, an, I'm an Alabama fan living in Ohio. <laughs> the repercussions of losing are so bad. I get it. <laughs> Am I nervous? Oh yeah, man. I mean, it, the pitcher's tight, my friend. Okay. You know, I'm sitting there making queso and chicken wings and trying to figure out how much of this am I going to eat because I'm going to be too busy watching a football game. Holy moly. Holy moly. Hey, Rob, real quick, send us out with this. Your prediction. What's the score tonight? 42-35. Alabama doesn't cover the nine points. Is late money coming in because apparently Waddle's playing. Yeah, that's going to be, yeah. And how much of a, even if he plays, a, how much of a factor is going to be, we'll see. But, again, the depth there is unbelievable. Uh, Bama, uh, Bama, Rob, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. All right, have a good one. Oh, he didn't even do the roll tide. Bama fans have to be disappointed. He's focused, he, yeah, he, he focused he's man. He's that focused. I, I'm surprised he said he was nervous. Some of these Bama fans are really cocky. They're really arrogant. All right, who we got next? We have McKinney on the, the line. The SEC commissioner, another Bama fan. Bama, Bama fans are outranking Ohio State fans right now. It's unbelievable. McKinney, welcome in, sir. How are you? Tremendous, my friend. I just, some breaking news. Uh, water's wet, sky's blue, and Alabama is still the number one team in the country. <laughs> okay. I, expect, I expect Alabama tonight to be putting up Grant like Horace and putting 50 on Ohio State. This is going to be a tremendous game because the reason they're going to run at least two of those Justin Fields passes off because his thumb is hurt much worse than they're letting on to be. This is going to be when they're behind and stop and have to pass more, that is just going to allow those defensive backs to go. Max Jones is going to be have that chip on his shoulders, as they say, because he didn't get the Heisman Trophy, so he is going to show up and show out. I expect the Crimson Tide, like I said, to put up 50 on Ohio State. I was at Rising Sun yesterday and got the seven and a half before it jumped. So it's going to be a tremendous day. I just, I'm just so excited. Uh, one of, one of the other things, this will be the sixth game since this has been going on with Saban being there. This will be the sixth game we'll be going into this game, championship game, with one of our 
coordinators have already accepted a head coaching job. Since Saban has been there, there have been five Heisman Trophy winners. There was none with Bear Bryant. There was none there with Gene Stallings. So to have this now, gentlemen, it's going to be a glorious afternoon. Well, here's the deal. You talk about the. the, uh, Oh, keep going. (laughs) You know, because I'm not going to end it with a roll tide, man. I want to. I just want everybody to know. I feel the love in the room. I can understand that, as Megan Trader said. I can understand you want to be me, but you ain't. Success Ohio State in a route. Putting up fifty. Putting up fifty. All right. What's the final score? 52. 22. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. 50, 22. Ohio State's only scoring 22. Hey, I'm trying to get one of those wing ESPN maps. I'm going to put it in writing and put it on your page, brother. That's how confident I am. Hey, you better pull my name out for one of them maps because if it was really like Price is Right where, oh, you overbid. Nah. I got this right on the money. What's up, bitch? Not 50 cents, 50 points, boys. All right. Roll, tide, roll. Man. All right. So there's, again, we've had Bama Rob, the SEC commissioner, Alabama fans. The talk is Alabama's going to dominate the game tonight. Alabama fans are dominating the show right now. Buckeye fans, where are you at? There's not, I feel like there's not a lot of confidence in Buckeye fans right now. I have no clue why. No clue. Have some confidence in your team. Mm. I mean, the fact that Alabama fans feel comfortable enough around here to call in to talk smack about your team. I mean, McKinney just predicted 52-22. to Buckeye fans, you're acting like Bengals fans. Your team has a big game tonight, and you're not even calling in. You don't care? Ohio State has a shot here to beat Alabama tonight. I don't think the gap between these two teams is that big. But Ohio State fans are being quiet. Buckeye fans, you're being quiet because you're not really confident in your team. I feel like you're doubting your team. I feel like you're uncomfortable with tonight's matchup. This is the national championship game. Ohio State, a win tonight over Alabama. You would move yourself into the conference. Alabama's won it twice in the college football playoff era. Clemson's won it twice in the college football playoff era. Ohio State has a chance to win it now for the second time in the college football playoff era. And you're letting Bama fans dominate the phone lines. We better not have more Bama. Do we have more Bama fans on here? We're going to go to break, but do we have more Bama yes, fans on? Yes, we do. Are you Who? We got Rob on the line. Uh, we got Reggie on the line. He's not a Bama fan. I'm sure he wants to talk to me. Uh, <laughs> we got Shaw on the line. We got a lot of people on the line. All right. 457-9464. Buckeye fans, enough is enough. Right now, you're already losing to the Bama fans calling into the show. Bama, everyone's all oh, Bama's going to dominate Ohio State tonight. They're already dominating you, the fan base, by calling in and talking smack, and no one has a rebuttal. Why is it, by the way, 52-22? Yikes. The 52 one surprised me. It's the 22. I can't get my head around. And, and McKenna, you talked about the, the chip on Mac Jones' shoulder. Chips are made for salsa. I don't want to hear about a chip on his shoulder. A chip on his shoulder. What, what, what is that? A chip on his shoulder. Why does that, Why is every time a team has a good player, this it's always the same old story. Oh, man, he's had a chip on his shoulder since he was in the seventh grade. He was five, he was four foot eight, and he always had a chip on his shoulder because he was shorter than everyone else, and he just had to work harder than everyone The same boring violin song we hear from every other great athlete out there. Give me a break. We all have our sad stories. I'm short. I didn't get that growth spurt. So maybe I'm a little jealous. Maybe I have some chips on my kitchen table watching the game at home, my friends. All right, we'll be back in a moment. 457-9464. Buckeye fans, come on. You're embarrassing the Buckeye. Call in. 457-9464. Bama fans dominate the conversation. Let's go.
Trying to hit the Buckeye music. Let's start out over. That, that wasn't even close. I don't even it's know what right that was. That's OBJ, but this is what I meant to hit. I mean, that was an old one right there. There it is, Ohio State, Alabama. National championship game tonight. We are Dayton's home of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Tonight, Ohio State, Alabama. National championship game will kick off at 8 o'clock right here on 1410 Wing AM. 6.30 is when uh, pregame coverage will begin, so make sure you keep it locked in here. 1410 Wing AM immediately following the show for Ohio State-Alabama coverage. And, of course, 8 o'clock to kick off. And uh, hopefully tomorrow when we're doing the show, we're talking all things Ohio State as your national champion for a year that we didn't even think they would even play at all. Remember, their season was canceled at one point. At one point, we were doing this show talking about how Wow, we're not going to see the Buckeyes again until 2021. Like mm. 2021, like fall of 2021. I'm glad you're pumped up for the game tonight. You're about as pumped I'm up as these Buckeyes. I'm pumped up for the game. I'm trying to see what's up with the COVID issues on the D-line. You'll find out what everyone else finds nah, out. No, I'm trying you know. to break news. Man, I tell you. 457-9464. To the phones we go. Predictions for tonight. Ohio State, Alabama. Just to set the tone, Alabama fans have dominated the phone lines today. They've called in. I mean, we've, we've had one Bama fan in McKinney, the SEC commissioner, say that the Buckeyes are going to lose 52-22 to tonight. Yeah, Bama Rob call in and say that, hey, the Buckeyes are going to lose 42-35. to uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, Bama fans talking smack on the chat here on Facebook. We're live on Facebook. Search the Justin Kinner Show. Uh, but let's pick the energy up a bit, shall we? The Buckeye fans, step up. Defend your team. Because it's one thing. Everyone's predicting that Bama's going to roll Ohio State tonight. And Bama fans are rolling the Buckeye fans on the show today. That can't happen. Let's kick. Who we got? We got Mike. Is this Bama Mike or Buckeye Mike? Who we got? Buckeye Mike. Buckeye Mike. Finally. Finally. Oh, All right, Mike. Finally. Carry, carry, carry the load here. I jump in my truck and I hear you guys say no Buckeye fans are calling in. So I thought, you know, I'll call in. That's what I like to hear. I want to get something on my chest, first of all. Before the Clemson game, you guys had a show talking about what percentage you give the Buckeyes a chance to win. Uh-huh. And you guys were saying 4%, or 4 out of 10, 5 out of 10. I was confident going to the Clemson game we were going to win. I mean, I'm confident going into this game we're going to win. I'm not going to predict the score. I'm not going to say we're going to kill them. I got more faith in Ryan Day than I did in Jim Trestle or Urban Meyer. Ryan Day will find a way to beat Alabama tonight. Well, why, why Urban Meyer? Say. Urban Meyer beat Alabama. I'm, I'm saying I got more confident. And Ryan Day in a big game than any other coach. That's fair because the one thing about these I mean, Ryan Day led teams is usually they show up. I mean they they, oh, yeah, they show right. up on the, when the when the biggest stage you know when the big stage. I know they lost to Clemson last year, but again that came down to the final possession. Yeah. I don't count that as not showing yeah. up. Not showing up is Purdue and Iowa. That's not showing and in up. In one game, in one game, you take a couple calls, a couple bad plays by the Buckeyes. We we dominate that game last year. So I mean Ryan Day is he's never got you know, he's never really got beat in my opinion. I mean some bad calls and some bad plays you know last year. We would have won that game. I'm just confident. I mean, I'm just confident this team's going to win. It reminds me of 2002. Reminds me of 2015. It's just hard hitting, aggressive team ball, and the Buckeyes are going to do it. Right, I'm no, not going to say no, look, hit, score or nothing. Hit the Buckeye music win. again. Well, we're going to have the Buckeye music playing. We're going to have passionate Buckeye fans like Mike calling in, dropping their hot takes on the Buckeyes tonight. Mike, I don't care that you said you're not going to give a prediction. You are going to give a prediction. <laughs> okay. What okay, is the score? Ohio State's going to kick their ass tonight, according to Mike. What's the score? 
48-41. 48. See, finally some common sense out of this 52. There we go. Mike, appreciate the call. Go Bucks. Oh, you didn't even let him get a go Bucks back. Oh, man. Four bad five, juju. Four, five, seven, nine. No, bad juju was last night. Four, <laughs> five, seven, nine, four, six, four. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Ohio State, Alabama. Alabama fans have been calling in, talking smack, talking about how they're going to kick Ohio State's ass tonight. Mike calls in to defend the Buckeyes. First Buckeye fan to call in. It's about damn time. Buckeye fans, start carrying your load around here. Who we got? We got Rob. Rob. Is this Bama Rob or Buckeye Rob? This is, this is just Rob. All right, Rob. What you got for us? Hey, man, I, I think Ohio State's going to win this game as long as Justin Fields is healthy. Is he- what is healthy? Because earlier McKinney brought up the thumb. The thumb issue was the Big Ten title game, and he seemed to throw the ball just fine against Clemson. I'm worried about them ribs. The ribs what is what, you know, we, we, we got all annoyed with uh, Saban's. You can hit the music again. We just keep this Buckeye music playing. You know, we, we were all mad about uh, Saban's daughter spitting out the hate, saying, hey, that we're trying to push the game back so that Justin Fields is healthy. You know what? If he's not healthy, I wish we would have pushed the game back, found a way to push the game back. I'm hoping he's healthy, and I'm hoping those ribs are fine. Well, I think he's got to move in the pocket a little bit. He's got to run. I mean, if he gets hit back there, then it makes him one-dimensional. But I think if he can run the football a little bit, you know, and scramble, that makes him more two-dimensional. But, I, you know, I, I think we got the best receivers in the country. I think we got the best offensive line in the country. I think we can beat Bama. And I'll take the nine points. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. Forget the SEC bias. Forget all this, the Homer Alabama fans calling in saying they're going to kick Ohio State. They don't know. They don't know. They're, they're sipping the Kool-Aid. They sp- they're drinking the spiked Kool-Aid. I can't. Oh, Ohio State's kicking their ass tonight. Bottom line. Give us your score prediction. Ohio State over Alabama, your final score. 38-27. 38-27, says Rob. And you're Buckeye Rob now. Okay, you're Buckeye yeah. Rob. Sound like a player. All right. All right, Rob, thank you for the call, man. OH. Thank you. O-H-I-O. There you go. 457-9464. Buckeye fans, finally, you're coming out. You're fighting. You're defending your team. It's about damn time. It's a national championship game tonight. Ohio Alabama. Alabama, they're getting all the press. They're getting all the coverage. Uh, I heard a promo earlier today. Can the Buckeyes pull off the unthinkable and beat Alabama? What the hell kind of a promo is that? The unthinkable. The last time these two teams played, Ohio State won. Also, in a similar type of promo, Alabama being the big bad favorite over... Ohio State, can't wait for the tonight, uh, tonight 8 o'clock, the kickoff, Ohio State-Alabama National Championship game. Let's keep the Buckeye train going. Who we got? Well, he's not a Buckeye fan, but he's a Big Ten fan? All right, who we got? Shaw. Shaw. Big Ten Shaw. Shaw, keep it going. No smack talk. Oh, you're a Michigan fan. Don't even let that music play while he's talking. Kill the music. I turned it up for him so he can. Oh, yeah, actually, you're Sing right. Sing along. Let's see it. Sing you know along, what? Make, him, make him talk about You're right. I like that, Kevin. I like Keep the music playing. Shaw, what do you got? Well, I was going to say Happy New Year to you guys, but since I get smacked around here for nothing. Uh, no, anyways, uh, dude. I got these teams as being identical offensively. Um, they both want to go over the top. They both got running backs that can dominate the game if you allow them. Both offensive lines want to maul you. Um, to me, the key is going to be what team, which defense allows, gets off the field, and two, doesn't allow the ball to go over the top. That's, that's the difference, I think, in the game. If you can limit the big plays, you can control them between the 20s, get in the red zone, don't let them get 
and don't let them score red zone touchdowns, hold them to field goals, I think that's who you got. I think that's who the winner is going to be. Absolutely, but it's like I said earlier. I think that we spend a lot of time talking about what the defense needs to do. But the bottom line is, I don't think you stop teams like this. I think that's why you've seen the big blowout games between Bama and Clemson in the past, or the big high scoring games. There, you would think that when the two best teams are playing one another, that the defenses are what's going to carry the matchup. But no matter how good these defenses are, Ohio State had one of the most impressive defenses I've ever seen last year. Great pass rushers, great secondary, and yet they still couldn't stop the attack of Clemson. So to me, I know what you're saying. Defense is important, but it's going to come down to the offense that makes the fewest mistakes, and uh, you know that that's going to be key for tonight as well. Yeah, I completely agree with all that. I mean, it, it, it's it's going to be a high scoring ball game. It's going to be one of these games that. For me, who's a defensive type of guy, it's going to be gut-wrenching, but on the same time, it's going to be exciting at the same time because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, I don't agree with 52-22. I I think it's going to be at or around 70. I don't see it getting above 70. I just I think there's going to be more. I, I think there's just going to be a wrinkle somewhere that, nobody's seen right now. Either Bama comes out, they're typically a 3-4 defense, they come out with an even front, or Ohio State comes out and does something differently offensively that off the wrinkle with the tight ends, because I've been reading some stuff that Day's been playing in this stuff since before the Big Ten Championship game. So it, it, that, Yeah, it, those coaches, you're right, but the key thing to keep in mind, too, is, is that usually you get two weeks, a lot of time to prepare for a championship game. You got one week here. I think that's the new interesting wrinkle here that I like. I hate that the teams always get so long to build to this match. It's just right around the corner. Shaw, we're out of time. Give you know, Pick up the music, Kev. Let's, let's pod the music. We got, we got Big Ten Shaw. You're Michigan Shaw. Who you got tonight? Are you going to be a, are you going to be a bad Michigan fan and pick the Buckeyes to win. What's your score prediction? The score prediction is 38-35 and I cannot pick a, predict a winner. Yeah, I'm going to hang up on you. You better give <laughs> a damn team. I don't even care if it's Bama. That, well, then, I mean, alright, fine. 38-35 Oh, typical Michigan fan. Hang up on him, Kev. <laughs> Drop him. Drop him. We don't need that negativity here. Shaw, I can't believe you walked into that. Like, yeah, you know, I'm a Michigan fan. Knew what was going to happen. That's like calling, hey, Bengals fan, who's going to win between the Browns and the and the, and the Chiefs coming Shaw, up this Shaw, you better than that. You knew what was going to happen. Michigan, oh, he tries to call in and be slick. Oh, I'm Big Ten Shaw. No, you Michigan Shaw. So I wanted you to, to, to disrespect the Buckeyes. I wanted him to talk with the Buckeye music in the background. Oh, That's the smartest man. a Michigan fan has sounded with with Ohio State music playing in the background. Oh, man. Shaw's good people, man. It's all right. I'm just giving him a hard time. All right, Buckeye fans, I expect to keep this energy going to close out the show. We need. It just seemed flat today. I will get to this. The national championship game. Buckeye fans, I just saw a lot of negativity on the Facebook page. Man, I don't know. It's going to be tough to stop Alabama. Their receivers, their receivers, you know, you know, their quarterback. What is Andy Saban? I don't know. Andy hasn't. He's pouting. I haven't heard from Andy in forever. He's being a big old baby. I have no clue why. I don't know where Andy is. His no score probably the same as McKinney's, but in Ohio State's direction. Oh, I mean, he's supposed to be the Big Ten commissioner. Andy is. He was also supposed to be Santa Claus this year, and I'm mad at him because he didn't. He didn't fulfill his promise. So I'm not talking to him right now at the moment. Oh. All right, Ohio State Alabama national championship game tonight. Buckeye fans, thank you. I appreciate you. Even Shaw is a Michigan fan. He called in and, and tried. To, he picked Alabama to win, though. Ohio State fans, we're going to continue. Need to take your predictions throughout. If there's something that we're missing, what do you? I mean, honestly, how worried are you? Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama tonight. Ohio State takes care of Clemson. They got Alabama next. To me, as I said earlier, this is going to be the most difficult road to a national championship in the history of college football. And I think Ohio State has what it takes to put an end to this storybook ending here 
tonight. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on the other side of the break. We'll continue with Ohio State Alabama talk next. Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash, weekdays at 3 p.m. on Dayton's ESPN Radio, 1410 Wing AM. So you want to talk about our Ohio State-Alabama National Championship game tonight, 8 o'clock, the kickoff, 6.30, network pregame show. Keep that in mind. You can find all local coverage right here on Dayton's home of the Ohio State Buckeyes, 1410 Wing AM. And, of course, the, you know, we opened up talking a lot about the Browns and the Steelers NFL wildcard matchup last night. And, uh, of course, and, you know, for me, I picked the Browns to win. I wasn't surprised that the Browns won. I am surprised in the matter in which they did it. And, of course, we'll be talking a lot more NFL throughout the week. As I thought we were going to be talking about the magical run to the playoffs for the Browns. And then we get to enjoy their one-and-done matchup. Of course, you know, that's what I thought a few weeks ago. But then, here we are talking about the Browns' second playoff matchup. I mean, it's, it's an unreal year. I predicted 12 wins on the season. They got their 12th win of the season yesterday, <laughs> and yet here we are. Ohio, and this, you've got the Cleveland Browns and Kansas City Chiefs uh, in the divisional round Sunday at 3 o'clock, so keep that in mind. But we'll talk more about that <clears throat> Excuse me, throughout the week. Ohio State-Alabama tonight, and right now I'm looking at you know some of these, uh, you know, looking at my bets, trying to figure oh, out you know no. who will score two or more touchdowns right now, you know, in Jigba. It's plus 8,000. I'm looking at that one right there. So, you know, if he if he has more than one touchdown, which what's I mean, one dollar gets you eighty bucks. I, I'm really I'm 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 a good two dollars. I'm gonna I'm go two two and enter. There we go. And Jig was gonna score more than two touchdowns tonight, folks. And when he does, I'm gonna win 160 bucks off a two dollar bet. How about that? That's not a bad play. That's really might not. as well. It's, it's, it's low risk, bucks. high reward. Yeah. I mean, uh, so let's see. Julian Fleming has the same you know the same outcome here. Nah, I would go with Njigba. Njigba, Fleming, Luke Farrell. What if Luke Farrell gets two touchdowns? I'd get the same thing. $2 to get me 160 I mean, considering that Bama tight end stat. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that that's, you know, set up that way. Now, like, you know, again, Devontae Smith, that's my, you know, that's not a, that You ain't going to make money off that one right there. <laughs> but see if Justin Fields scores two touchdowns. See, I could see him score two touchdowns. Now, he's at plus 800, so you're only going to win. I mean, you're, you're not going to win much on that one. You're going to win, I think, like eight bucks. Yeah, plus 800, eight bucks. One dollar, you know, one dollar bike gets you eight bucks. So, you know, whatever. I'm cheap. I, I just go a couple dollars at a time. But it's amazing how much it adds up. Losing, not <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't go with Fields to score two touchdowns just because of the rip factor. And since the running game is doing so well with Trey Sermon. What about Master T? He's also plus 800. Mm, is he I, even, don't, I don't even know if Master T get over four carries tonight. Huh. All right. Well, again, I have till eight, so I'll be keeping an eye on these. Uh, taking a look at the lines, see how much they move. By the way, it's back to eight and a half now. So I have State gained a half point since we started. And they must have been listening to the show and hearing all the confident Buckeye fans calling into the show, saying why, explaining why they believe Ohio State's going to win tonight. And I couldn't agree more. No tired update of, on the COVID situation either. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about Alabama. They're going to dominate Ohio State. I mean, the the promo earlier on ESPN ticked me off. Can Ohio State do the unthinkable? What are you talking about, people? And then Alabama fans dominating the show to start calling in, giving us every reason under the sun why they think they're going to just kick Ohio State's ass. And then I had enough. I said, okay, enough. I joked that this is the SEC network with how many you know Bama fans call into the show, but I had to ha- I had to put a stop to that. We needed some Buckeye fans to call in to help even it out. Shaw ruined it with his Michigan stuff, but outside of that, everyone's doing a pretty good job. Everyone's doing a pretty good job. So let's go to it, Kev. Who we got? Four, we five, seven, Keith. nine, four, six. Keith, 
Keith, how are you, sir? Hey, uh, I'm doing fine. Oh, you're yeah, a big Buckeye fan. Big Buckeye fan. This is going to be a hell of a game, and I think who's going to win is the one that's going to fight the most, the fight the hardest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How yeah, much fight so, do you think the Buckeyes have? What? What did you say? How much fight do you think the Buckeyes have? You said who has the most well, fight? Well, they better have some portable oxygen tanks so they're sucking more air. <laughs> well, they, oh, God. Okay. All right, serious, man. So, this could be where people are going to be gasping for air. I mean, uh, possibly, possibly. But look, yeah. Ohio State, Alabama, who you got tonight? What's your score prediction? Well, I'm keeping an eye on, like, four things. And one is this. You just kind of hit to about uh, Mr. T. And he's itching to make his mark for this year. And I'm sure... They're going to try to put him in there, and that's going to be kind of like a hidden jewel there because he, he had spurts this year, like 20, 20 30-yard uh, touchdown. So I'm hoping that he can kind of surprise them with that. And I was, you know, are you there, Mr. Justin? I, I'm yeah. still here. Let, let me say this here, that, you know, uh, Clemson played uh, Notre Dame, and they won them by three, three touchdowns, but Alabama, when they played... Notre Dame, they only won by two touchdowns, and I think a field goal. So I think actually Clemson did better against Notre Dame than Alabama. So I'm kind of curious about that. But also, I'm wondering if Alabama this year ever faced a person like Olave, you know, uh, a receiver. I wonder if they ever been challenged like a, you know, a football receiver like Olave. Well, they face their own guys in practice. I, I think they've seen the the best receivers this season are on Alabama. I think they've they've been tested by their own guys. But I know what you're saying. Look, Florida had some good weapons. Uh, Florida has really good weapons. I think they've seen a good receiving core uh, from Florida. Um, but as far as overall talent, quarterback, running back, receivers, offensive line, Ohio State, this will be the best team they face. And, and there's a two other things I want to say real fast. One is we could slow down. Yeah, what's his character? Smith, what's his name? Devontae Smith. Uh-huh. We can slow him down 50%. I think that's going to be pivotal. But what I think is, I think in the last four minutes, there's going to be like two destroyers out there. They're going to shoot it out. Like, you're going to need to see this, you know, clean of this out. Because the last four minutes, they're going to see who's going to slow down the receivers. Absolutely, man. All right, get, send us out with this, Keith. Your Buckeye prediction. Ohio State's beating Alabama tonight. What's your prediction? I think, I think prediction? it's going to be in the low mid-50s and high 40s. So I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not asking the weather, Keith. Ohio I need another State's score. Win. What? Are you there? I'm here. I, I said I didn't ask the weather. I said with the score. What's your score prediction? Okay, well, uh, yeah, but that is kind of the so, Okay, I'll say 52 uh, 45. That's mid. That's low fifties, mid forties. That's a good call. <laughs> All right, Ohio State fifty-two forty-five. Keith, thank you. Go Bucks. You too. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Justin Kinder, Kevin Nash with you here, taking your Ohio State Alabama national championship predictions tonight. That was Keith. Who we got next? We got John. John, John, you're next. How are you, John? Hey, Justin. How you doing, bud? Good. Hey, hey. First off, congratulations on your win last night. Oh, is this Sladen's? It is. Ah, there we go. It's good to hear from you, first of all. Happy yeah, New Year. We were, yeah, thank you, too, sir. Uh, Amy was pretty excited about that game last night, too. But uh, we were in, we actually in Florida this weekend, and we were flying back this afternoon, and we were sitting there in the airport, and uh, the pilot walked up to me, and he's like, don't take this the wrong way, but I hope you're depressed later tonight. <laughs> and then then they went over the intercom and made an announcement not long before we boarded. Like, anybody wearing Ohio State Guard, you better start walking now. There you go. <laughs> I kind of so, like to stick it to them a little bit, <laughs> but um, overall, I think both of these teams, it's pretty evenly matched, high-powered offenses, defenses that haven't 
been as good as they have been in the past. The key, obviously, is going to be turnovers. He's going to time of possession is going to be huge. But um, I'm going to go 42-35 Buckeyes, a little same score as we did when we beat them the last time. All right, a little positive mojo. Again, using a little bit of that that good luck from the last time these two teams played. Man, I tell you, I think it's going to be high, more high scoring than that. Like 42-35 is high scoring, John. So I, but I feel like that's low scoring for what we're about to witness tonight. I think both defenses have their strengths, but I think they have enough weaknesses to maybe still be more of a, a you know, you know, to, to shoot it out a little bit. But 42-35, that's possible. I really do. I, I, I'm curious how much the defenses are going to play a role tonight. Yeah, oh, and one other thing you were saying, you were giving the Buckeye fans a hard time for not being in. Buckeye fans, they're working until 5 o'clock, so they weren't able to call in. Ah, well played. So that's why we heard from all the Alabama fans. That's the, you know, because, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, they're vacationing and, uh, you know, retiring in Ohio. I have no clue what's going on. So there you go. <laughs> all right, John, thank you. One more time, your prediction. 42-35 Buckeyes. All right. No, O-H-I-O. Good I stuff, John. Take care. Appreciate the call. 457-9464. Your predictions. Ohio State-Alabama National Championship game tonight. Again, keep in mind, this is a big deal tonight. Yes, it's a National Championship game. Of course it's a big deal. Clemson in the college football playoff era. All right? Alabama has won a national championship twice in the college football playoff era. Clemson has won a national championship twice in the college football playoff era. Ohio State's won it once. LSU's won it once. Ohio State looking to join Alabama and Clemson as the only programs to have more than one title during the college football playoff era. Let's keep it going. Your predictions for tonight. Ohio State, Alabama. Kev, who we got? We got Reggie. Reggie, what's up? I'm sure this is a mix between Buckeyes and Browns, but go Browns. It's about the time you got me over here, but hey, um, what? I'll go. I'll get my prediction first to get get it out of the way. Okay, I uh, pretty much say 49-28 Buckeyes. Woo! Hold up, now listen. Now listen. I know you are more energetic than this. You're killing the buzz here. You're killing the mood. You're calling in all just low energy. Come in. Give us your prediction with energy, Reggie. I know you have it in you. You should be more pumped up than this. Your damn Browns won last night. No, 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 no. I'm saving my energy for the Browns talk real quick. No, no, no. no. I'm not going to let you get to the Browns talk unless you give me some energy on your Buckeye prediction. So, Reggie, I need more energy. Your Buckeye prediction is what? My Buckeye prediction is 49-28 Buckeyes. There you go. Now, was that that hard? All right. Now, your Browns, our Browns, got a huge win last night. Kev, you can kill the Buckeye music. I'm going to give Reggie the floor for the, his Browns take on here. Your phone's crackling, so I'm going to give you a few minutes unless it gets on my nerves some more. So, Brown, what's your reaction? I mean, I, I'm, I knew the Browns were capable of winning last night, but I definitely guarantee not many people out there thought they could do what they did. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't expecting, especially the first 16 seconds of the game, I was not expecting seven points to come. Come easily. I know Kev was crying his tears out. That's what he does. Cry, baby, Kev. Guess what? Your phone. Yeah, that's karma right there. Now, just so we're clear, Reggie, we did not hang up on you for what you said because I actually encourage when people beat up on Kev a little bit. Uh, but your phone was obnoxious; it just was crackling. It was like Rice Krispies snap, crackle, and pop. If you call back and your line's clear, uh, we'll definitely pick up that conversation. But yeah, Kev's the worst. I agree, Reggie. I agree. <laughs> what? No, I'm just joking. But Reggie, call back uh, if your phone. We can clear if you can get a clear phone signal. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the Browns. To be honest, back to the Buckeyes, Ohio State, Alabama. Your predictions. National Championship game tonight. Let's keep it going. Who's next? We got Dickie. Dickie! Dickie, how are you, my friend? Justin, how are you? That's the energy. Isn't this a great day yes. to be a Browns fan? Oh, 
hold up, hold up, Kevin. I'll off my camera on Facebook. See, look, hold up, hold up, Kev. You, you, be you on me, hold up. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay, so so Dickie, you called in with the energy and passion I like. You're fired up. You're excited. It's well, almost as know, if we have a bunch of good teams in the state of Ohio right now. Yes. I'm going to tell you something. Tell I talked us. myself. You what? The way they played, I said, they're going to, you know, they didn't have the, what they did, but I thought they wouldn't win this big. But I think they just, I mean, they just came mentally prepared for the game, you know? Yeah, and they're the team. And Kev, you kill the Buckeye music real quick. Dickie and I were talking Browns, and then he's going to give us our Buckeye prediction in a moment. But the Browns last night, you're right, Dickie. They were the team that was supposed to come out flat with no energy, right? They didn't practice all week. They don't no. have their head coach. And they come out, and they look like the team that's prepared all week. And there's Pittsburgh thinking they're too cool for school. And they got embarrassed on TV last night. It was awesome. It was great. Yeah, and you know, I could remember in the, in the 70s and 80s, I think Brian Seip, Never, never won a game, but you know, uh, if I remember in 86, Clay Matthews broke the spell because they, they had the 16-year jinx mm -hmm. over the years in Pittsburgh, and I think the winningest quarterback to beat, beat the Steelers was is uh, Bernie Kosar and Baker Mayfield. There we go. Two of the greatest of all time right there, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, Justin and, and, and Kevin, I, I, I think tonight it's going to be Guys, but I think it's going to. Oh, be hold up, Dicky! You're talking about guys now. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this is what I think, Justin. I think it's going to be. It's going to be. Let's see. I say 47, 43 Buckeyes by three. Buckeyes over Alabama. I like it. I love the confidence meter just continuing to, to spike up and up and up, and that is all that we need. Dickie, thank you for the call. I love the passion. I love the energy. OH. Yeah, and I'll talk to you again. Give me an I.O. There we go. That's how you do it. All right, folks, we have about 15 minutes left. We've got to take a quick breather. We'll come back. We'll close out with your predictions. And then Kevin and I will give our final predictions for tonight. Again, National Championship game, Ohio State, Alabama, 8 o'clock to kick, 630. Network coverage begins. We will close out the show with our predictions and close it out with yours when we come back. OHMB 803342 and MLS 3041380. Do you need help with a loan to purchase or refinance your home? Have you applied for a home loan and been told you do not qualify for a loan? Are you a first-time buyer and have questions regarding the home buying process? Are you considering refinancing your existing home? Do you live in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Florida, or South Carolina? If you answered yes to any of the above questions, you need to call Forrest Ferris at Third Street Financial Home Loans at 513-320-5911, who is available seven days a week to help you. We're Third Street Financial home loans and Forrest Ferris specializes in approving home loans banks and other lenders cannot or will not approve. Some of our clients might have low credit scores, been through a divorce, want to buy a home for sale by owner, are in a land contract or dealing with probate or estate homes. Call Forrest now for a free estimate 513-3205. Hi everybody, we welcome you back and again we only have a few more minutes here in the show remaining. We're going to get to your final predictions as well as Kevin and I giving you ours. Ohio State Alabama National Championship game. 8 o'clock tonight, 6.30. Local coverage begins, so keep that in mind. Just about a half hour after we close out business here, uh, we'll be picking it right back up with more Ohio State-Alabama uh, pregame prep again as we walk you right into kickoff at 8 o'clock, Ohio State uh, and the Alabama National Championship game. So 
keep that in mind coming up. I'm pumped for tonight. Ohio State, a nine-point underdog against Alabama tonight. And Alabama fans tried to dominate the show today. They tried to call in and talk smack, and they, they tried to, to bully the Buckeye fans, and then the Buckeye fans came roaring back and punching them right back in the mouth, and that's what I like. Let's go back to the 457-9464. By the way, on Facebook, Devin Larson says, Tennessee Jeff would chime in, but you know he's at the game. Ha, huh? pick up where we left off against Clemson. 45-42 Buckeyes pumped for the game. Well, Devin, we do have Tennessee Jeff on the line. Tennessee Jeff, live from the Buckeye game. How are you, sir? Dude, I'm sitting underneath a palm. I know I'm standing underneath a palm tree. I'm looking at Hard Rock Stadium signs. I'm a gate. I don't know what gate I'm in. I'm first in line, of course, and we've got six Minnesota letters in. Uh, I'm like I'm going to throw up. I'm a nervous wreck. I don't know what I'm even going to say on this phone call. We are probably 70-30% Ohio State fans. It's freaking glorious. Uh, we've got six minutes to let us in. We have no kicker. We need no kicker. We're, we're, we're nine-point dogs. Doesn't matter. I'm telling you. I promise you, Ohio State wins this game tonight. We're not going to roll like we did against Clemson. We're going to beat this team 45-32 Ohio State. We are going. To, uh, we got a couple guys out on the line. We got our kicker. We got a freshman kicker. Our freshman kicker wins this freaking national title for us tonight. I don't even know his name, dude. I don't even who, who is he? I don't even know his name, bro. Our freshman no-name kicker beats Alabama for the national title tonight. Ohio State wins their ninth national championship tonight against Alabama. Well, 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 first of all, shame on you for not having enough faith to predict an ass whooping because no one predicted that Ohio State would whoop Clemson's ass, and yet here we are. An ass whooping later in the national championship game. No one predicted that the Browns would whoop out or the Steelers oh, ass last night. That was that beautiful. Was That's oh, what man. I'm talking about. And I'm telling you right now, Ohio State wins by double digits tonight, Tennessee Jeff. You I heard it here first. Love you, really? Oh boy. Oh man, Tennessee Jeff, you ruined it. You you you, you ruined it. I think he said what I think he said. Did he say what I think he said? I don't know, but I got him about the paint. Oh man. We love you, man. We're not talking like that. Oh. That was brutal. Tennessee Jeff, I love you. But we, we had to put the guillotine on you because you, you can't swear. When you swear, you get the guillotine no matter who you are. But, I, but I'm telling you, Ohio State tonight is winning. Ohio State's winning a national championship tonight. Uh, I've tried to play nice with Alabama fans because I kind of like you guys. I kind of li- I do like the SEC uh, commissioner. I do like McKinney. I do like Bama Ron. I, I, I like Bama Brian. I, I like all of you. But I've had enough. I've had enough. Ohio State does not toy without. We thought it was going to be close to them with Clemson. I thought it was. I thought Clemson was going to win, and I, I've learned my lesson. I thought that the Browns were going to win close last night against the Steelers, and they kicked their ass. I, and Ohio State kicked Clemson's ass. So I'm going to keep it going. There's a lot of positive mojo with Ohio teams here outside of the Cincinnati Bengals. In this, in, in 2021, it's been a good year for the sports teams. Ohio State, 48 to 33, 48-33. Ohio State over Alabama. Go Bucks. O-H. I-O. Uh, I got 42-38 Ohio State. 42-38 Ohio State. Buckeyes, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why, why, why are you so negative and down today? What are you you're talking about me negative? Nuts. How is that negative? Like, yeah. I, got us I mean, I know your team sucked it up last what? night. Don't yourself. get blocked, Kenner. Don't get blocked. Block me. The block me. button is real out well, here. But I need, I've been preaching energy, and I can't even get energy from you. What, what are you need energy? Not? Said 42, it's a national championship game. I asked you to predict it. 45, 30. I mean, my no, God, I didn't ask 42, to predict when your puppy's going to die. I just said, you know, I mean, say with your chest. Have 42, some. 38. Buckeyes. The Ohio State University. I don't like it. Not enough. Come on. You have it in you. You have it in you. You have it in you. Get, get pumped. Get pumped. Turn my headphones up. Can you hear me? Yes. 
Dayton, Ohio, can you hear me? There we go. The Ohio State University Buckeyes will win the national championship tonight over Alabama. 42-38. Put it in ink. All right, that was a little too much, but no, I'm just joking. I like it. I like it. Everyone have a great night. Ohio State, Alabama National Championship game, 8 o'clock, the kickoff, 6.30, pregame show. Folks, have a great night. It's going to be a great day tomorrow. I had a great day today celebrating the Browns. Kicking the Steelers' ass and tomorrow, OHIO. Buckeyes kicking Bama's ass tonight, National Championship. We celebrate tomorrow on the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash. Have a great night, everybody. One more time, OHIO. My name is Kate Courtney, and this is my new show, Can You Survive This Podcast? I'll be drawing on my years as a former Navy SEAL platoon commander, sniper, and CIA contractor. The show is designed to teach you techniques that will increase your chances of survival 